everyone, this is Dan with the Spiritual Underground Podcast. Uh, my guest that you're going to hear in a few minutes is, uh, we just parted ways in the driveway and I just can't tell you how grateful I am that uh, the universe keeps placing these just awesome people in my path that I get to commune with and talk and discuss these uh, this trajectory so many of us are on uh, that's so contrary to what you see when I watch TV or when I poke around on uh, in the wrong corners of Facebook. Uh, wrong means wrong for Dan. Uh, just grateful. Last week was Brandon that from uh, Spiritual Dope and Holly come in today and uh, she's on an, another vibration raising trajectory that uh, warms my heart to uh, see this and just to be a part of it and connect with people like that. Uh, I don't really have a whole lot to say on the intro on this one. Still a little juiced up. Not a little, a lot juiced up uh, on uh, the experience that we just had together. Sharing one another's uh, heart and souls and and uh, talking this way of living that... Uh, I just could never believe that I'd be doing it, and and I don't know. I'm a obvious loss for words here. Hey, uh, do this little handyman woodworking gig around the Louisville metropolitan area. Anybody's interested, they email me at uh, dan at dtmww.net. Call me at five zero two two nine two seven four four four. Uh, feels a little funny to put that phone number out there on this thing, but I'm going to do it anyway. I'm really busy, so uh, it's not that I'm needing to stretch to get the work, uh, but I throw it out there anyway. Uh, life is great getting to do that, run around, meet good people, fix people's stuff, uh, build a few things here and there, continue to build a network of friends and community in the same way like that. You know, uh, God keeps putting wonderful people in my life to work with too uh so so many avenues of uh connection and it's just a great thing uh kids are doing good dad's doing great my perimeter is safe safe and secure uh getting ready up for a fourth of july weekend and uh got a pretty good sizable group of people bringing family members and kids and things down we'll shoot some fireworks off over the pond on saturday night and swim and fish and eat and commune together people on that similar trajectory similar path uh coming together to raise one another's vibration together Uh, we do a little thing at tssr meeting at the end when we do our closing prayer where we uh we know that together we are more powerful than any of us are alone. And uh, so we throw people's name in the circle for prayer, uh, people that need some energy. And we know we uh, have more power when we do that together than, than one at a time. And it's the same thing in life. Uh, we'll have more power walking with you guys and joining in and, and doing this thing together. Anybody interested in being a guest on this podcast, I'd love to have you. Um, love to sit down, talk, commune, gives me a chance to uh, get to know people, get better, and make a new friend, a new partner on this uh, walk, on this big blue marble. Uh, make the most of it. Like I say, if you're not having a blast in your recovery, it's your own damn fault. 
And when uh, the other thing is, is that uh, we got to participate this. I got to take action. Uh, higher power will let me steer. But I don't do a real great job of that. So uh, he'll let me steer, but he won't pedal. Uh, my job is to do the pedaling. So uh, let's get on the bike, turn the wheel over to somebody else, and uh, get to pedaling. Life is good today. Thank you all for listening to this thing. Uh, really appreciate it. Just keep on cranking up the listens and listeners and growing it. And uh, Another way I get to participate in my recovery in a way that uh, very few people get to do. Um, my gratitude list is easy to make every day. Thank you all. Stay tuned. I'll be right back. Peace out. Hey everyone, this is Dan with the Spiritual Underground Podcast coming to you as always from my little wood shop slash studio in my backyard, DTM Enterprises. Uh, coming in today, uh, I had a last guest was a Zoom guest, and man, I really do like the face-to-face thing. There just isn't there just isn't anything that beats looking into somebody's eyes when you need to want to communicate effectively with them and, and make a connection. Uh, so... Uh, thank holly for showing up and, and coming over this afternoon i met holly uh when we were just talking before the podcast uh when i first started and you guys have heard about that first meeting i went to and got involved with that group uh here in my hometown uh i can remember holly coming in there was uh y'all heard becky's story here and and i remember holly and becky uh together celebrating and uh and always uh, saw a glow that was that attraction thing that uh you saw, you know, there's just something different about certain people in there that, that have that that glow. They got the juice, and, and I've seen that from you from, from the beginning. And then, you know, as uh, uh, God would have it, you know, there's a, uh, I don't remember, you know, I pop up as a Facebook friend and do, I don't even remember how or who or what, you know, and you do that little deal, you know. And then I started watching and, and seeing a lot of posts of stuff that inspired me. Uh, and, and whenever my, I get that little nudge from above, uh, I, I, I follow that today, you know, and, and there were the old, uh, there, there's no Dan that wouldn't want to do that for all kinds of fearful reasons, uh, self-confidence, self-esteem things and this and that. But I'm like, Hey, hold on. Nope. Not anymore. Uh, let's, let's, let's get her, see if she would be open to coming in and, 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 and sharing her story and her path. Cause, uh, got a lot of really cool stuff going on, uh, and, and has that heart to help people too. And that's something that always draws me when, uh, when I feel that and I see it, uh, that, that service aspect to, uh, um, cause you know, I've, a certain piece of this was good when I got well and got better when I healed, you know, that was, that was good, but it doesn't hold a candle to, to helping other people and, and, and playing that role, uh, of, of having an opportunity to then pass these tools and these, uh, concepts and different things on to other people. So, uh, I know Holly's doing that, uh, in a, in a few unique ways. And that's another thing that we want to do here is I want to explore other avenues that people, uh, most of my most of my recoveries come from 12 step um i've also done some other things too uh but but i'm interested in other avenues because there's a lot of uh of uh ripples in that pond of different 
tools and different ways that that people can can take action to recover their true selves. So, uh, and I know you've got a couple of them that are new to me, and that is illegal. Dan didn't silence his phone. I was uh, had it on because I wanted to hear your message when you said you were here. And I'm also going to do not disturb it while I'm at it. So how are you, Holly? Thank you for I'm coming I'm wonderful. In. Thank you for inviting me to come. I was so excited when I got your message. I was like, yes, yes, yes. You're like, check with your sponsor. I'm like, no, no, yes, I'll do it. Yeah. It's another thing I had, uh, had a couple people uh, say yes mm-hmm. and then came back and, and said, you know, they talked to their sponsor about it and um didn't really feel it you know they were some of it's this uh some of it's wrapped up in the traditions and some some anonymity issues and some putting it out here like this is a press radio or film thing uh i'm sure it could fall in that and 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 i honor people's you know uh no no problem you know i don't any any reason that this is not landing yes uh, I'm totally cool with that, you know, and then sometime later, some people come back and, you know, down the road and they'll say, Hey, uh, is that invitation still open? Uh, yeah, it is. It's yeah. always open. So now that's one of the things I started saying, you know, check with your sponsor, pray on it, make sure this is something, uh, and mostly what I'm saying is you don't have to make a decision right now. Yes. Yeah. And well, and you having my sponsor on, a, you know, several weeks ago, I was like, pretty sure she's going to say yes and like actually do cartwheels that I'm doing it. So, <laughs> yeah, and I knew that too, uh, and was pretty confident, but didn't want to be presumptive on that. And, Absolutely. uh, and you just never know where somebody's at if they're going to want to, uh, want to do this or not. Yes. So tell me a little about yourself. How are you? Or let's start out with your sobriety date. Yes, um, October third, two thousand nine. So a little over, I guess, ten and a half years ten now. Ten and a half this years. Point. Yeah, that's a little bit. Kind of that. florid to say a decade. So, and Isn't I'm, it? And I'm forty two. So like, yeah, you know, a quarter of my life. Is that right? That yeah. I've been sober. So well, yeah. more than that because I didn't start right away. So it's yeah. um, it, it's been a blessing. That's for sure. Yeah, I really uh. You know, I look back and there's no way that I could hear that younger, you know, and I, I've got some younger people I work with, uh, mm-hmm. a couple few in their 20s still, you know, and I and I constantly remind them how big a blessing this is, is that you Absolutely. pulled the nose up in your 20s. Absolutely. Because uh, now you got a lot of time to uh, cultivate this and, and move forward without that those balls and chains absolutely holding you back so much life left to to live and explore and grow from yeah yeah uh it's hard to get through to people that that age Mm but uh man i've been blessed with a few that uh that that's uh and i just i have a there's a place in my heart to you know that um, what we say uh, raise your bottom mm-hmm. you know so you don't have to go where some had to go yes and mine's a pretty high bottom you know if we once we get into that and and I know that when I first got sober there was quite a few young ladies that joined me but when I first got in the rooms um, there was only like three or four women and then by the time I started getting sober we started collecting more people that had kind of a higher bottom that were a group of females that we all got sober together. And it was just a really beautiful community fellowship that we created. And, and I think since I've seen the room since then, it seems like that dynamic has kind of snowballed in a good way. And that, that has propelled more people to get sober earlier. In fact, I had a lady reach out to me. Oh gosh, this maybe two weeks ago on Facebook. She goes, you, you may not know this, but I went to a party of your, like a, a gathering, a fellowship of other people um, that were sober and, and she was like, you, I just watched you enjoy 
life outside of drinking and you didn't know me from anything and I just watched it. she goes I decided to get sober after that wow. interaction yeah. and I was just being me I wasn't I wasn't at a meeting I was just enjoying life in that moment and um, kind of cool to see that people are watching even if you're not in the meetings yep. you know that you can still touch lives just by living your life out loud yep yep uh, absolutely uh, I love that uh, you know that all the stuff that let your light shine and you know and the thing is is, is you know, I had to allow myself to be me too while I'm out yes. doing that and uh, and yeah uh, it is cool when people outside the circles have noticed you know a number of uh, been a number of times where people that didn't really know they knew the old me mm-hmm. and then saw me at a later date and and was like what's going on you're different than you used to be well that's where that attraction rather promotion comes through if you live authentically it shines through and unapologetically who you are and it takes healing work to get to that place it's not even easy in early sobriety to show up that way you're like it's kind of like Bambi with its legs trying to get up and walk you're like I don't know I'm a little wobbly but it gets better if you just keep showing up so Yeah. yeah it does the, uh, I call my higher power attaboys uh, uh-huh. for me is that whenever somebody notices or you get that little pat on the back mm-hmm. word or like that, you know, uh, those are the things that lets me know my compass needles pointed in the right direction. Yes. And, uh, yeah, that, that like affirmation that. email. I'm like, okay, that I showed up as myself and this person now, it's not about me, but I showed up as me and that person sober today because of that one interaction when you don't think that what you do matters but just showing up as yourself is really what is truly what matters most, you yeah. know, and, and having that safe space to do that is, um, and that's a gift. And it wasn't given to me, <laughs> me doing it on my own. That was a higher power thing for me. Yeah. Yeah. Tell me a little about your story on how you, you know, where'd you, how'd you find a bottom and, and what, what, what happened there? And I like yeah. to go back and look at how people were, uh, you know, because I believe this thing happens there was some wires crossed from the get-go for Dan. Now, I wouldn't yes. have been able to see that until later, but I know there were some things in me that, that are the, one of the, I call them bell ringers in here, you know, uh, and most people have that little whatever, not feeling like they can fit in in school or, you know, they'll have you know, the one little, you know, we get these little, as kids, man, when you get a little hung up, you know, I thought my feet were real big, yeah. you know, and, and I thought my nose was real big, and, uh-huh. and I thought my ears were big, and, you know, all, and the all these little things, you know, because I imagine at some point somebody teased me and said something, and then I yes. fixated on that, Yeah, you we know? internalized. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and that's, you know, for the next year, that's all I could see when I looked in the mirror, you know, yes. uh, thinking there's something wrong with me. Absolutely. Yeah. Tell me a little about how, you know, uh, I think I believe in what you're saying. And I think that a lot of us experience trauma, whether we realize it or not. And and I think that that triggers so much of a snowball effect and how we perceive the world and our subconscious feels the world and, and how we navigate and, and all of those things. So it, it really takes a lot of, um, oh gosh, I think supernatural power to, to be able to see those things. And we have to have a willingness to see those things about ourselves. But sometimes it comes from brokenness first. Like, um, you know, we're motivated by pain oftentimes. Mm-hmm. So until we feel that until the pain's great enough, we're not going to make changes, but everybody's threshold of pain is different. Right. So for me, I had a higher bottom than the average person as far as somebody getting sober, but I'm also a person that is a lifetime learner. I've always been somebody that's a sponge of like, I like going to motivational speakers. I like going to listen to sermons. I'm always looking and seeking for 
bigger picture ideas on how can I be the best version of myself. So I've been that way since I was little. Hmm. Um, but part of that is because I had that good girl syndrome, uh, the people pleaser, um, the, uh, so I'll go more childhood and kind of work my way back up. But I was the teacher's pet. I was the one that was looking for the praise, looking for, um, um, I wanted people to like me. So if you want people to be like, to like you, it's easy to become a chameleon. It's less authentic. And, yeah. um, and I didn't know that at the time. And so, uh, I'll talk about some of the awkwardness. I was tiny. I was skinny, skinny. Like when I graduated high school, I was five, eight and 85 pounds. Whoa. So I was tiny and that was not for any other reason. I mean, I would sit at, eat a two pound T-bone. So it wasn't that I didn't eat, you but swear. I had people call me anorexic mm. and, um, and judge me for who I was. And, um, I remember I did a high school reunion about, uh, 20 years ago. Not 20 years. It was my 20 year high school reunion. And someone approached me and they're like, I was so intimidated by you in high school. I wanted to ask you out, but I was intimidated. And I'm thinking, this meek 85 pound girl, who would be intimidated by this girl? Uh, But apparently I had I had mixed vibes, I guess. And I think it's because I wasn't authentic. I wasn't who I wasn't comfortable being me. I was comfortable being whoever whoever was in front of me. They wanted me to be. And I became that. Um, and so I was robo Christian, always in church. If the church doors were open, my parents did not go to church, but they had a lady pick us up from when I was two years old until middle school. And, um, so they sent me and my brother to church. They did not practice. Really? And, um, yeah, it's not the norm. Um, but this beautiful lady that I call her an angel that she felt it in her heart to, to do that. She was not related to us, but she picked us up every week and took us to church. Wow. So I had a great foundation starting off with my spiritual faith walk. Do you think that was, did that come much from inside of you kind of wanting to do that? Cause I mean, you know, they're not, Oh yeah. Uh, so you had a, you had a, you were pulled and drawn to do that. Oh, absolutely. For as long as you can remember. Absolutely, yeah. Um, I, I remember at middle school, that's when we wanted to switch um, because then I had to go to big church is what we called it. So I, I enjoyed being a part of the children's church and learning at that level. But when we had to move to the, the middle school and listen to the big church, the adults talking, I didn't relate to it. I'm like, well, this. So I went from being fed and feel life and love and um, joy because I loved singing and and the, the energy to like rigid rules, sit still, don't touch, don't move. And it was just so rigid that um, my brother and I decided to switch to a Methodist church. And so my parents let us and then they started taking us and dropping us off, but they still mm. didn't go with us. Um, but luckily my brother was with me, you know, so we did this journey together. Yeah. So we Younger, older brother. Uh, he's two and a half years older. Okay. Yeah. He, yeah. And um, so we did the journey together and then we were really active in our youth group. Um, I mean, I ended up being the leader um, of our. Uh, Why does that not surprise me? Yeah. Right. <laughs> Definitely part of my core values. But um, I became a leader in, in so many facets of our youth group. If the doors were open, I was there. So I even knew how to break into the church. Uh, from <laughs> our high school is not far from there. So I would sneak into the church until it was ready to be open. Like oh. that's how safe I felt wow. there. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I know a lot of people don't have that experience, uh-huh. right? And so and the people that I surrounded myself were in the church. And um, thank God for, oh, I'm going to cry. Um the youth pastors, 
that poured love into me during that time. Um, I could have very easily, because I was a chameleon, and because I wanted people to like me, if I'd gotten in the wrong crowd, I very easily could have went any number of directions. Thank God that I was in that crowd, so to speak, that kept me moderate and, and in a good footing, so to speak, in high school and middle school. And uh, those couples, they're, they're the few couples that I could see healthy relationships with, that, that I could see that it would emulate. Um, my parents are still together to this day. Um, but my mother, I always thought she had uh, some mental health issues. And at about age 13, so this is middle school, we're shifting, I'm uh -huh. going to a new everything. Yeah, it's a everything. turning point, no doubt. Um, I'm about 13 and I'm realizing that my mental capacity is now bypassing my mother. Hmm. And so I then became the parent and took on that role. And at this time, my father goes off to war. And, um, and so he, he was six months from retiring and they sent him off to desert storm. So I'm in seventh grade and, um, they sent him off to war. Mom's kind of devastated and I've become her therapist. I become her confidant when she had issues with friends, mm. uh, her marriage therapist. Um, I was the glue that kept the family together. Um, even my brother. But even when I was two, I was dressing my brother who was two years older than me. So I've I've taken on a role from the very early age of the helper that suited me well and um, and take care of my brother. I always was my brother's protector. Um, and kind of go back to this. This was an interesting thing that came up. Um, I have a, a scar on my ankle. And uh, it's because a vase broke while I was two in the car. And um, my dad said that when it happened, that he picked me up and I wasn't crying. He didn't know there was something not wrong. Like he didn't know anything was wrong until he saw all this blood. And I've done some therapy work over that to kind of process what that was. And it was, I was afraid to emote, to actually show emotion that I was in pain because I was afraid my brother would get in trouble for what happened to me. Oh. Which is nuts that yeah. a two and a half year old would go, I can't, sh I can't feel my feelings. So starting at two and a half, scared yeah. to feel my feelings because I needed to protect somebody else in my mind. And yeah. that's, that starts that whole, like how right. addiction might come into my life of like scared to actually show emotion as a two year old, yeah. which most kids don't process like that. Yeah. And, um, so yeah, that's kind usually of, usually we're still really free to you right? know, most two year olds are going to let you know what's up. Right. And I was already, <laughs> good girl yeah. facade yeah. at a very, very, very young age. So I played it well. And um, so realizing that my mother's not emotionally inept to take care of me as a teenager, that I've become this caregiver for the family, which a 13-year-old should not be the caregiver right, for yeah, the family. Yeah. Um, so thank goodness for youth group, because they kind of gave me a grounding place to go and get my cup filled and, and have people to give and pour guidance into me where I didn't have to be the one giving the guidance. And um, so I went through high school. I mean, I would go to parties where security guards were there, where you couldn't drink, like make a shirt, you know, I wouldn't hang really? out with the drug people. Like I was straight arrow, I'm not going to do anything wrong kind of person. And then um, my brother went off to college and um, we went to a local college. And I went to go visit him my senior year. 
This is a couple months before I graduated. And um, he's enjoying life at college and, and so forth, and it's not far from where I grew up. Are you from around here? I, I'm from Lexington. Okay. And, um, and so we went to EKU, party school. So I go visit him at his, his apartment, and all of his fraternity brothers are there. And they're playing poker. Well, I love poker. Okay, so I start playing with them. And would you like some Southern Comfort? Well, I haven't, I've never drank before. I don't know. I don't know about that. Sure, I'll try it. So this is my first drink. This is my first experience. So I'm 18, uh, a couple, maybe a month away from graduating high school, maybe. Never touched anything, never wanted, like, broke up with people that drank. Like, I was, like, pretty straight arrow. Okay, I'll try it. I'm here. I like poker. I'll experience this life with you, right? So I drink uh, Southern Comfort and Pink Lemonade. Ugh. Yes. And I'm not sure if I drink it after that. Um, so I, I'm drinking. I have no idea how much at this point I'm drinking. And I'm playing poker. Well, at some point I black out. This is my first drinking experience ever. Because when I come to, I've won all the money. And then I'm starting to try to give the money back because I think that somehow I stole money from everybody at the table. Yeah. I had no idea that I played so well that I won the whole table. And at that point, it scared me. I was like, I I don't want any part of not feeling who I am and yeah. not knowing who I yeah, am. Losing control thing. Oh, it terrified me. And I remember um, laying on a couch and I was spinning and somebody was like, Put one foot on the on the ground and one like you know let's move all your arms and do all this stuff and I was like I don't like this feeling it it really scared me um, and that was my first drinking experience so then I go to college same college and um, that summer all my friends are going out because all the bars are eighteen and over so we can all get in and I'm like I'll be the DD I'll, I'll show up. I'll be the DD. I don't want any part of whatever that feeling was. So you can go, but you can't. You're not supposed to drink. Yeah. Yes. 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 So the bar's open for 18, but you're not supposed to right. drink. Not supposed 21. to. Yeah. I know how. However, goes. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you wanted to, or they would pre-drink, or whatever that would look like before they got in. Sure. And um, and then it was probably a few months into me being the DD and. My anxiety, I don't do well with groups and crowds and all that. And so my anxiety was triggered by being in these places. I wanted to be social. I wanted to be a part of something. But then my anxiety started to kind of battle that. So one day I'm like, I might try to drink before. So then I try screwdriver, orange juice and vodka. And I'll try that before I go out. And then I had a ball when Anna went out and I was like, I see why you do this yeah, now. Worked. Yeah, like I can go and have fun, but I didn't black out this time. Right. So I could just have some to enjoy. And uh, and I had periods of partying and wild. I was a bartender all through college. Hmm. I was a server all through college. And, you know, so I definitely had my share of indulging too much and moderation and blackouts and waking up next to somebody that I didn't plan on waking up next to and some of those kind of experiences all through college and um but I had a ball and I'm like I'm alive never thought I had an issue necessarily and I'm surrounded by everybody doing the exact same thing right, I'm yeah. doing. Yeah. Um, never had normalized, a, you know, never had a DUI. I'd always get a cab ride home. I always knew where I was. I knew where the safe places to go were. I, you know, I was a very um, still chameleon. So 
if you want me to be the good girl, I'll be the good girl and be the, you know, where do you want me to go? I was never a violent, um, uh, sloppy, any of that. It was just kind of like the fun girl that just went where everybody went kind of thing. And, and so I never, no one ever thought I had a problem, I guess I should say, because on the grand scheme of things, I might've been moderate compared to everybody else. Still doesn't mean I didn't have a problem. Right. And, um, so I graduated, I moved back to Louisville or moved to Louisville and, uh, still kept the partying up just like I was in college. Like you might say, Oh, that was my college days. Well, I continued for a little longer. The college days Uh followed you. Yeah. Yeah. So I started, I kept serving up here and, and I bartended at a hotel. And so I kept, I mean, I kept up with a lot of the behavior and then, um, I started working at a sales job and, um, so I did 100% cold calling with that, and then we'd all go out afterwards. And so it was still a culture of yep. let's go do the thing. And um, I dated someone for about six months, and we went out on uh, Valentine's. Um, and I realized that after our conversations that he wanted to have children and he wanted to stay here, my goal was to open up a business in North Carolina. I was an assistant manager of an office. I was ready to, like, and I was working 80 hours a week. I was like, I was ready to like launch my career. And like, I was going for it. And um, I was like, well, we have different goals. I don't, I'm not somebody that wants children right now. That's something you want. You want to stay here. I want to go. So after our Valentine's, we decided to split hmm. amicably. We were friends. We worked together. No big deal. Three months later, when I drink a fifth of Captain Morgan's and I wake up sick, I'm like, I don't get sick. That's when I realized I was pregnant with my first child. Oh. And, um, and so once I knew that, I'm like, okay, it's time to quit drinking, obviously. And, yeah. uh, and I did. Um, hate that I had to drink a fifth of Captain Morgan's to find out that that was the case, right? And um, so I approached him. We decided, well, now I'm having a kid and I'm not moving anywhere. Yeah. So. So Some of the reasons why we weren't, weren't going to work, let's try it out, right? And um, so we got married um, after having my, my son. And um, so we think, oh, God's leading us this way. This is what we're supposed to do. And um, so I don't drink, you know, during that time frame. But once I've realized I'm you know, going to have a child. Right, yeah, pregnant. Just, okay, we're yeah, done. I mean. So I, I went through that period of time and, um, and the marriage was not what I anticipated it to be. And um, even on my wedding night, uh, he left me at the reception hall and almost got in a fight with my cousin because he didn't want to spend the night in our wedding room. And so I realized really early on <laughs> the, the wedding night that this was a mistake. This was not working this out. This was not what I thought God intended for me. And um, I stayed for another two years. Hmm. And uh, Did you have any issues with this staying sober when you were... Uh, not Pregnant? really. I mean, um, no. no, I mean, I ha- well, I say stay sober, but I drank near beer or like Odul some, and there was a, maybe one or two times where I would have a beer when we went out to like St. James Art Fair and it was so busy that I was like, I'll have one beer, and I was told one would be okay if you were, right. you know, but yeah. I never, never once would consider getting drunk, but yeah. I had one or two, and if we were out with people, I drank Odul's and I felt that that was okay which actually still has percentages of alcohol yeah. in it right but all in all that's i mean it's uh 
you know, you don't have to like quit, like you said, a little bit. I mean, it's not alcohol in itself like that is not really a problem. Yes. Uh, yeah. So I was able to. Me, yeah, I was able to. And so I was just curious if there was a struggle in that or if it went pretty, you know, because before the disease progressed mm-hmm. for me, you know, there were times where I could abstain yes. for periods of time for sufficient reason, you know, yes. and it wasn't a really a struggle. Absolutely. And, and I really, all the way up until my sobriety, that was kind of my experience. So I definitely have a different experience uh-huh. than most. Um, and so, you know, we went about two years married and I barely drank. I mean, I might have one or two here and there. And I'm like, I just, I didn't have a desire at that point. I'm like, I'm taking care of my child. Like he's my focus. And, um, I might go have a, a girl's night out, but it was fewer and far between than what I was definitely doing prior to having my child. So I never thought I had an issue is, is the point to that. And um, obviously, blacking out in college, your first experience, those are issues, choices that I made, definitely issues. But I'm like, that's youth. That is what it is. Sure. right? And that's legitimate. Yeah. I mean, so after my divorce, that's when I got a little wilder. <laughs> So after about two years of marriage, then I'm single and I'm like, okay, when I don't have my child, I'm going to go and party. And then I went back into the blacking out and waking up where I don't need to be waking up and all of that kind of behavior. And um, I did that for maybe a year or two. And um, I moved back to the area because I had moved away to Fort Wayne and then I moved back here. And, and that's hard. Like I lived in Fort Wayne with, with my husband at the time and um, moved away from all my family, friends, everyone. And I was raising a child basically on my own because he traveled for work. Mm. So I was isolated with a newborn. And I was a girl that worked 70, 80 hours a week to becoming a stay-at-home mom for 18 months. Mm. I lost who I was. The chameleon, <laughs> who was for everybody anyway, then became empty. I didn't know who I was. And, um, and that was probably part of the part I've contributed to the marriage in that sense of like, I was a shell of a person cause I had lost my identity right. and who I was, yeah. um, but I still didn't drink through that. So I don't know how I managed through, <laughs> through that at that time. And, um, but I moved down here and, um, I remember I got, um, I was a drug rep at the time and, you know, if I, I drove a company car, so if you were get a DUI, you'll automatically lose your job. Well, that that's real easy then. I'm going to just get a cab places or I'm going to go places where I can walk. So, you know, it was, it was a fail safe in a way for me not getting too, too wild because I want my job. Like I valued that. I value my career. Yeah. And, um, yeah, and so still I still this being responsible underlying still yes. driving a lot of things. Absolutely. Which, so when I moved to relocate down here, um, I was putting stuff on my moving van and I had a company car at the time and they call and say, this is 2008 when everything's crashing. I had just bought a house down here. Mm-hmm. I originally was supposed to relocate and they say, um, well, we've merged with this other company. And so your job that you thought you were going to have, you no longer have, you can come back to Fort Wayne, but I've already sold my house, bought this place down in New Albany. So, no, I guess I've got to do that. So, at this time, I have to put the couch on the moving van and go buy a new car because I no longer have a company car. Mm-hmm. So, I'm a single mom, just bought a new, my first new home, had to go buy a new car, and I have no job. And I moved down here. That's a good perfect storm for let's pick up some drinking habits. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> so, that little whirlwind of, like, I'm not working. Um, and, and one of my girlfriends at the time was a beer rep. So, 
come drink with me and I'll get you in everywhere for free and you can drink on me. Well, that sounds like a great, great yeah, plan, right? Yeah. So I did that for a good period of time, uh, for at least about a year, just wild partying, just kind of back to my old college days, thinking that everything is fine. And um, it, like I said, I've never had a DUI. I've not had uh, the the yets, you know, that if I progressed, it very could, very could well be. And there were times that I probably could have been pulled over and probably could have had an issue. And I'm just grateful that that never happened for me. And um, so then I started dating this man who was in the health industry and um, he, he didn't drink and he hadn't drank for like seven years. And um, so we're dating and I'm still partying or whatever. And we dated for a few months and, and, um, and I went on a girl's weekend and I came back and he was like, we're going to go out to drink tonight. And I was like, you haven't drank in seven years. I'm assuming it's because of health reasons why he doesn't drink. He never really gave me the information on why he didn't drink. It's I'm funny like, that we don't ask, you know, like that. Right. One of my things that my sponsor always hits me with is I'll say something to me. He said, did you ask why? Yeah. Like, no, I don't think to ask why. <laughs> yeah. Well, I just, yeah. And at the time, because I was drinking, I was like, well, that's your choice. Yeah. And I, yeah. it's really not for me to know why you chose that. It is what it is. And so I accepted it for that. But I was getting kind of in this place of like, do I really want to hang out with this man? Because he can't go out and do the things that I enjoy doing at this time. Right. So I think he felt that. And that he was going to lose me. And mm. so then he's like, well, we're going to go out and, and have a drink at a bar. And I'm like, okay, well, awesome. That's yeah, kind of what I've been like wanting fun. all along. Um, but I remember him pulling up to the bar and us sitting there. And the first thing he ordered was a vodka neat. And I remember side-eyeing that because I was more of a beer drinker. I was really never a liquor drinker. And I kind of looked at it like, that's a pretty strong drink for somebody that's not drank for seven years. Like that would not be my starter drink if right, I've not yeah. been drinking for seven years. And, and it came very evident why he was, it was not for health reasons why he quit drinking. And so there was a big spiral of events that happened um, pretty rapidly. And I watched that and I'm like, oh, okay, I'm not taking his inventory, but like there's an issue here. Right. Yeah. That lit the fuse. And yeah. yeah. And I realized real quick what that looked like. And um, so this was, that was July. So then in September, um, I remember him, we're us going on a date and he said, you know, you're the person I wanted my whole life for angels, yada, 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 all the story. And I'm thinking, Oh man, like we're, we're in this, like he's, he's ready to propose to me and all these things. And this is where my mind goes. Well, two days later I meet up with him and he feels weird to me and I don't understand what's going on. So then he approaches me and says, we can't be together. And I'm like, from no, like what? everything is amazing and beautiful and wonderful to like literally two days later, like blindside. And he said it was because he thought I had a drinking problem. And because, um, it, you know, it, he can't stay sober with me and that I'm, it's one or the other or whatever. He's like, I'm not telling you to quit drinking, but I think you need to look at your own stuff at this point. Mm. And honestly, this is the first person that's really said that to me at this point. But I'm a chameleon. I'm a good girl. I'm a people pleaser. And I'm like, and I like to be self-reflected. I'm like, okay, I don't believe that to be true, but I'm not sure. But then I look back at my behavior. I'm blacking out. I'm getting pregnant without knowing for three months. I'm, you know, waking up next to trip. These aren't positive things that I would like for my lifestyle and to be known for, right? And so 
I'm like, okay, there might be some truth, but I'm not real sure. So I kind of chewed on it for a little bit. And I remember going out with this other man that I had dated prior to, or, you know, years ago. This was before I was pregnant with my, my child. And um, so this was maybe five years, a relationship five, year, five years prior. So we reconnect. And I remember going out and drinking with him one night. And, um, and he's like, oh, I, I want this relationship. And I'm kind of on the fence. But as I get drunk, I'm like, sure, let's, let's make it Facebook official and I'll be your girlfriend. And, and my, my sober person did not believe that. But the good girl or the people pleaser, somebody that's got a buzz and drunk was like, that sounds like an amazing idea. So I woke up the next morning and I realized like, okay, I'm, I'm making choices that aren't true to who I am yeah. when I'm drinking. And, and I don't like that about myself. I want to be authentic. I want to show up who I am. And I hadn't been to church in a long time. So I talk about my church experience. Mm. Well, like when I went to college, it was like, peace out, Jesus. Like, I'm yeah. on. This Thank is you. Holly's had a good time. Right. So for, from to 1996 until this is like 2007 so almost a decade of so from having the whole life of being in the church to a whole decade of being away so that's kind of where i'm at so i go to um southeast that morning so i wake up from this man's bed and then i'm like okay i'm gonna i'm gonna go to church today so i wake up so that and really I, was like a this morning's decision kind of thing oh it absolutely was it wow. was like okay this is so this is it's kind of like waking up in the morning you know, we joke around about wake up in the morning i want to decide to go to aa today you, you really did you woke up this morning and said hey i'm going to church that that's pretty much kind of how it worked out and uh so i was like okay i guess that's what i'm doing and so i woke up and um i went to uh southeast and i heard kyle eideman do a sermon you know, one of those convicting sermons, of course, because that's yeah. exactly where I was supposed to be that day. And um, and so his sermon was Jonah and the whale. And so he says, well, God tells Jonah to go to Nineveh. Nineveh is the place Jonah doesn't want to go to. He's scared. He doesn't want to go. He's going to go do his own thing because that's what's working. Hello. That was what I was doing. I'm going to do my own thing. Right. So he gets on the boat and Jonah falls asleep. And then God sends the storms. And who's dealing with the storms? Is it Jonah? No. Jonah's sleeping. Everybody else on the boat gets to deal with all the storms. They're the ones fighting to keep the water out of the boat. They're the ones that are working hard for everything. And I'm like, I know I'm getting cold chills right now. Oh, because the people pleaser core person doesn't want to put a burden on anybody else, mm. right? Like, I'm like, I'm Jonah sleeping. And who am I affecting on this boat? that they're trying to save me and I don't even see it, you know? And it was like that. That was my spiritual awakening moment of wow. like, Holly, you better wake up. God's asking you to wake up. Yeah, I get that you didn't want to go to Nineveh, but you better wake up and you better not make everybody else start saving your life right now, you know? And mm. so that was the day. I would no more drink after that and never have craved it since. Wow. Um, so my story's different than a lot of people in that yeah. way. I didn't lose anything. I didn't, you know... And um, that was just the decision that day to do that. And um, and then so the lady, so the guy that I dated that ended in mid-September. So this is now October 3rd. So just a couple weeks of me processing, maybe, maybe not to have an issue. I'm not real sure 
to having that spiritual awakening of like, okay, my life is not manageable as it is right now, right? And um, he had told me that he had had a therapy session with this woman that made him realize that I wasn't going to be healthy for him in his life. So at this point, I'm kind of angry at this woman. She doesn't know me from anybody. And who is she to tell him this? And why, why would I not be the, you know? So I'm on this hunt for this therapist, right? And so I schedule an appointment with her that week that I get sober. Really? And so... So is his drinking continued? Uh, he quit. So he's stopped again since... Absolutely. He, he quit when he broke up so with me, and he has not had since. Okay. So it was beneficial for him. And uh, so, so he really, when he said this wasn't working, I mean, there's really some stuff oh. in that to mm-hmm. where he was, did see that, you know, he was, this drinking is not working for me and, and I'm not going to be able to stay with somebody. So absolutely. Absolutely. And he's never been a part of the program. He doesn't necessarily believe in the AA program, but he's kind of white knuckled and dead at his home. But he has stayed sober since the day that he broke up with yeah, me. Yeah. So, you know how there's sometimes there's that other side of it of like, you know, your drinking is the problem. Right. You know, when mine is not. Yes. That, so I kind of wanted to like clarify, but he yeah. did. He really did understand that it was not. Yeah. And I'm actually very close to him now. Like we're still friends. Cool. So, yeah. And that's a whole nother uh-huh. <laughs> odd facet to it all. And um, so I met with this lady and I, I'm telling her, I'm like, okay, well, I'm sober. I'm deciding like, I don't believe I have an issue necessarily, but I believe that. I want to get back to community. I want to do something more with my life. If I'm not going to drink, if I'm not going to be spending my time doing that, I want to find some other way to give back to people. I'm like, I don't know, volunteer at Ronald McDonald house or what is it that I need to do to like fill my cup now, if this is not going to be a part of my life. So she's an intuitive here in town and very spiritual woman. And so she hands me this letter that's closed. It's sealed. And she gets, she pulls it out of her, filing cabinet she goes i got this this week and god told me that i'm supposed to wait to give it to somebody and i don't know who but now i'm being told it's to give to you Hmm. and i'm like all right strange you know like because i've not experienced spiritual people in this way of like all right i'm game i'm here let's try it so open it up and it's for american christian counselors uh a course a certification course and the course is addiction recovery and counseling hmm. <laughs> so at this point because i'm a helper i'm a people pleaser this is who i am to a core i'm an enneagram too if you know anything about enneagram that's i do the not i heard helper. you talk about it when i was listening you shared some links with me on uh, yeah. the pod- uh, yeah. a couple other podcasts you'd been on and i did listen to those yeah and that is the term that I, i'm not familiar with yeah the enneagram if you're into spiritual stuff definitely check out the enneagram so how would I, you spell that um it's E-N-N-E-A-G-R-A-M, Enneagram. Okay, I think I've seen the word. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's it's interesting. But mine is people, like a helper. And um, so she hands this to me, and I was like, oh, okay, yeah, I could totally do that because I want to learn. And there is family history of alcoholism. My grandmother passed away, literally a liver failure in the living room. There's There's family history of that stuff. So I would love to know more about it. And if I care about this person that has ended things with me and I want to know more about it. Sure. I'll learn about it at this time. I don't, I'm not, I mean, I, I think I, I have an issue, but I don't really think I have like an issue issue. So sure. I'll learn about it. And then she goes, and then once you've gotten the certification, how about you go to AA? That's where the people need the help. And I was like, 
Yes, that's exactly what I'm going to do. I'll go to AA to help other people. There's a whole pool of people out there that need me to come help them. (laughs) Not that Holly needs to go to AA. Not that she needs a sponsor or learn anything. It's that I, they need me, (laughs) the person that's been sober for a week, to go save them. And so that's God's funny way, I think, of of speaking truth to me in the way of like, this will be, because if you said, Holly, you need to go AA, I'd be like, no, I'm good. I've got it. Yeah. Like, I'm fine. Yeah, I'll say sometimes that I got tricked into doing some stuff. You know, mm-hmm. it's like my like my character uh, was used against me. Yes. And, uh, and yes. I got tricked into doing something I didn't know that I needed to do. Absolutely. And that's pretty much, it was like the, there's an easier, softer way. Like, I could have, I'm sure if I didn't take that boat that God gave me that day, there would have been another harder boat down the road. Right, yeah. But, like, I'm like, I'm all on board. Let, let's do this, you know, and. So I showed up thinking, I mean, I had cards, business cards. I mean, this is that still grandiose thinking, like, I'm out to save the world because I've been sober for a week. (laughs) I got humbled pretty quick as soon as I got in the room and realized that maybe I needed to be there too, right? So, but that's how I got there. And so that's just a part of my journey and my story. And I find comic relief in it is that that's how it happened. I think it's really cool how how the universe, how God works to... uh, to, to, to get us there. And we, just, we say it, you know, it doesn't make any difference how you got here Absolutely. or why, you know. I mean, Absolutely. Uh, some people, some people have a, I've listened to, a, have you seen Finding Joe, the Joe Campbell, uh, Joseph Campbell, there's a movie. I don't think I've seen pretty that nice, It's a pretty cool movie. It really, it really captured me. It was a, um, first time I saw it was during yoga teacher training. And oh, showed to us and it really hit me enough it hit me enough that i like went home and got it and watched it again nice and uh and but he says that says i'm talking about that nudge comes sometimes in the form of a sledgehammer yes uh but if you're like paying attention it can also show up in uh and i like it they say it can come up in the form of a tickle feather ah, nice. you know and, and you get to listen but if you don't listen to the tickle uh-huh you know yeah you'll get that'll, that'll that intensity will increase yes. until you know it may be that you have to receive the sledgehammer before you're absolutely so i think i got here. tickled yeah in my pro in my part of my and that's program. a cool thing about today for me today is mm-hmm. that i can respond to those tickles today mm-hmm. you know it used to not be that way i would yes. have to experience the thing that you said you know usually some pain or consequences yes. or something like that would have to get me before i would move and today i can respond to a tickle and and giggle with it too yeah and that's kind of how, how i've i guess i i was i think that's my experience so i think some people laugh one other part of that evening when i decided to get sober was i had a girlfriend of mine that asked me to take care of her dogs that night and let them out and um and instead, I got drunk, and so I sent another drunk friend to take care of the responsibility that I said I would do that night. And I felt so much shame over I did not take care of a responsibility. One, like many people, like, they mess up all kinds of responsibilities before they, uh, and it was one responsibility for me that I was like, I really disappointed one friend because I didn't show up in the way that I said I was going to. Yeah. And I'm like, that's not who I am. And that was enough of a trigger for me to go, I need to go to church. Like, I need to figure out what I'm doing wrong. It's you know? not the path that I yeah, that's not say who my I, compass needles out of alignment. It's off course. Yeah. And, I'm and like, that's I not who I am. You're very fortunate you were able to respond to that. Yeah. Uh, you know, I will say early, you know, rather yeah. than watching because we do know what will happen. You know, mm-hmm. that would just compound itself. Yes. You know, that get never better. It's Absolutely. Be worse. Yeah. Absolutely. So I went to my first meeting. It was. Uh, the, the brick house at Northside. It was uh-huh. the Northside Seekers. And um, wow. there was maybe 13 people in the room at the time. 
and man, by the time I, you know, a few years later, it just expanded to like uh-huh. 50, 70, you know, something yeah. crazy. And I remember there was three women in the room of, and it was majority men. And that was kind of the pattern for years. And um, it was mostly, I was like, oh, what, what am I doing here? And my sponsor, Becky, was there. And I remember them, you know, I, I'm sure they realized I was a newcomer pretty quickly. So the whole meeting was a newcomer meeting. And I love of, that about that group because yeah. my very first one was the same response when, yeah. when the meeting becomes about that person. When they say you're the most important person in the room, yes. that really did happen. And I've watched that happen a number of times with that group throughout uh-huh. the years. And I, and I felt it. And, yeah. I, and it was like people directing, like it. You're not supposed to direct, but it was direct, and it and it made me go, okay. So you're telling me I need a sponsor because I'm I'm a I'm a rules person in a way, and I'm like, okay. So if I'm here to learn and grow, this is what you're telling me I need to do to learn and grow. I guess that's what I'm gonna do. So yeah. that day, I see Becky. I'm like, okay, she's a professional woman that like I want what she has. All right, so I go up to her and I said, Becky, um, this is my first meeting, but will you be my sponsor? And I remember her going. Well, yeah, but we're going to have to talk on the phone every day. Over that, I was like, never mind. I don't like talking on the phone. I'm yeah. like, I don't know. Like, so already I'm kind of like, I want to be a part of this. I want to do this. But I don't, do I really want to do what they want me to do? And so we did. But uh, she's become a surrogate mother to me. She was a God-given thing for me because my relationship with my mom has been more me, the parent, than uh, than the child. And so with. Becky, I got to be loved on like a daughter. (laughs) And I know she had that same, we have that same bond in that way. And, and, um, so we built this beautiful friendship along with me getting sober at the time and it, and connection and community is my top core value, like bar, bar none. So to have that fellowship and that, that bond. And I remember she was dating somebody at the time who she's still with and her weekends are sacred to her and them. And they allowed me to be a part of it. Like, oh, wow. they're like, you're going to come and play Scrabble with us or we'll play trivia or we'll do whatever. And so I was on their date weekends and I didn't realize how sacred those weekends were for her mm. and how much she gave up for me in yeah. those early months of like, what do I do for fun on a weekend, you know, and I'm single now and how do I navigate that? And like it, she gave me such a beautiful start yeah that i know that she doesn't have the time for for all of her sponsees it was like we just had this really special bond and then a month or two after i got sober some other women started to show up and we started collecting these women in our group and we started meeting up on wednesday nights before the meeting and and it was like this standard we're going to eat lunch or eat meal together and have community together and then started doing our own step group in my own house and it just it just became this this beautiful who I'm still very close with all these beautiful women um, that when I first walked in the room, there's only like two women in the group. And now we've created this like empowerment of women that, that can get sober together and we don't have to go through all the yets before we stop. You know, a lot of them had high bottoms before they stopped and some of them didn't, but we, you know, we just, we embraced everybody where they were. Yeah. It reminds me because one, another one of my favorite lines in that book is that it says he will help you create the fellowship you crave, you know, and there it happens, you know, and how, how those, those things land for me in these. Absolutely. And there you have it, you know, and and like I said, there was almost nobody around, but, uh, and I'll be willing to say with the three females that were in the room probably weren't fitting the demographic that what did Scott created for you now. Yes, 
Absolutely. Besides Becky, she was yeah, kind of that it. grounding right. for me, and then to create that that group, and we're still super close. Yeah, and yeah I had the honor of taking your all's picture a few years ago. Oh, at, uh, nice. Y'all were together, and you <laughs> trying to figure out a way to take a selfie yes. at the meeting because you wanted to have it. I'm yes. like, I'll do that. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, it was. Um, it's just been such a beautiful journey. I got remarried um, uh, years later, and Becky was my matron of honor in my oh, wedding. And, how cool. and to she truly has become a mother to me in so many ways and the mother that I, that my mom could not fill and that spiritual mother that, that could guide me and love me, but also my friend, we would walk together miles a day and just connect. And it was just, it's been a beautiful relationship. She's, I can recall that same thing in a, in in a, in a different way of a maternal presence in my life that, you know, from the first day she was, she was the first or second, I believe she was the very, she was the very first AA person that I talked to and shook hands with. And she said, hi, I'm Becky. I'm alcoholic. And, you know, and I said, I'm Dan. I'm alcoholic. But I, you know, I'm just parroting back. Yes. I don't know anything. <laughs> right. know? And so that was you know, the very first meeting that I was able, you know, showed up in. Nice. And I put a little caveat on that. But that was, uh, and she just was always like, I felt this uh, support from her that like didn't make sense in a way to me mm-hmm. you know i didn't understand how this gal could like be so much on my side when she knew so little yes. about me really mm-hmm. and every time i would come back bouncing in and out becky was always there with a warm uh authentic genuine Absolutely. uh warmth help welcoming welcome me welcoming me back yeah overflowing non-judgmental heart yeah just yeah. really meet you where you're at right and yeah. um and i felt that and and i needed that more than anything like so i think along my journey i've realized that as much as i loved a and as much as i got into it because as soon as she became a sponsor i'm like let's get into the steps like if that's what i need to do like i wasn't the one that drug my feet and let you know drug it out for years i was like all right i got step one and like so she was like having to kind of slow me down because i'm like let's get it let's knock it out like i'm ready to yeah, whatever it is that i need to do this. oh yeah i'm an all or nothing and that's part of the ism is you know i'm very much all or nothing but like i'm like i'm in the on so let's go you know and um so we just we had a ball in those several first few months of like just digging in but again i also already started off with a really strong faith mm-hmm. so i it was the first three steps were easy for right. me you weren't because overcoming that which yeah. is a big hurdle for a lot of people they yeah. don't understand this what we're doing here at all and that's enough of that the g word is enough to to say that to is not for some. me yeah yeah for me i was like yep yep got it's that yep, yep, and that's yep. not a stumbling block i love that when i'm working with somebody when i find mm-hmm. out that that's not like uh that's mm-hmm. not going to be a thing we had to work past i'm like okay we're shifting in a second you know yeah. here let's go because uh, yeah. if you're not fighting that you've got a head start Absolutely. And so I was already like, okay, I, I get it. Yeah, let's, what do we do next? And so step four, I was like, let, that's where the healing's at for me to like to really get into it. I'm like, let's do it. So we did all that. And, and that's where I saw so much of the pattern of my childhood. And like we talk about that a little bit, like one of my beliefs is that so much of addiction, so much of mental health, so much of all of the toxic things that we experience are toxic cycles, I believe come from trauma that we experience as children or sometime in our life, whether it's high school, middle school, whatever that looks yeah. like. 
just in our that journey, we it's pick unresolved. This stuff up and 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 some of it we are very obviously know what that experience was, and some of it subconscious that we either experienced it, saw it. Um, it could have been a TV show that you know we 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 don't always know what that is, but. For me, the fourth step really allowed me to see patterns. And most of the patterns were unhealthy boundaries that I had, uh, people-pleasing, um, a lot of codependent things that I didn't realize the word codependent. And I would have never... Um, I remember a therapist kind of dropped that word on me once. And, um, and I've done lots of different modalities to get my healing. So not just 12 steps. There's multifaceted ways for me that, I, that I've gone into my own spiritual faith of like digging in not just christian faith but all spirituality to to get where i'm at today but um i remember a therapist mentioned codependency i'm like i'm fiercely independent like i have no idea what you're talking about codependent but but they didn't go into what codependent meant so like at that point i just bucked it i'm like there's no way because i'm a single mom i'm i hold jobs i i don't my parents don't help me like I've done everything on my own since I was 18. How could I be codependent? Like yeah. in my mind, it didn't process. I get it. Yeah, that's another. That's you know, that we'll we will reject that concept in a heartbeat. Oh, I am yeah. in control of me. Yes, I yes. got this. I'm not, Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and so it really wasn't until my second marriage that um, I I was married to somebody that um, has covert narcissistic tendencies. And, um, so I lost a lot of myself. So before we met, I was on this huge spiritual journey. I was meeting up with Becky. We were walking. I was going to meetings. I like, I was at the top of my game. I felt wonderful. And then I meet my husband and, um, and we dated for two years. We weren't intimate until our wedding night. Like I'm thinking I'm doing all the things right. And we're going to church together. Like, yes, go Holly. You are checking all the boxes. You're doing everything right. And then the day we get married, he changed again. So this is my second marriage where everything changes on my wedding night. Wow. Talk about devastation when you think you're doing everything right. Um, but I don't see the signs. I don't see the red flags because I'm a people pleaser and I'm going to do all the things to make everybody happy. Right. And then um, so I see early on in a marriage that it's, it's there's a lot of issues there's a lot of toxicity there's a lot of um, things that I have no control over whatsoever and um, I lose myself I get depressed I get anxious I get um, isolating uh, I don't go to meetings anymore I, I lose my not lose my friendships but I don't connect with the women that I told you that fellowship that I had the fact that I stayed sober through all of that is praise God on that that um, that I never drank, um, hmm. but I gained a lot of weight. I gained 25 pounds the first month he lived with me Whoa. due to stress. Um, there was a lot of trauma. There was um, emotional, spiritual, financial, mental, psychological, sexual, all kinds of abuse that happened during that time. And um, I lost who I was. I didn't know who that person was. And... Um, it was probably uh, year four. I started doing like meditation retreats and all the things. I'm like, what can I do to like fill my cup and, and figure this out? But when you're living with somebody in that, that energy, 
it's very hard. Yeah. It's very hard. But I, I didn't know it at the time. And what I've learned now, well, I, I read this book. Um, it's called Healing from Hidden Abuse. And when I read that book, everything clicked. It all made mm. sense. Um, that my mother was ground zero. She's actually a covert narcissist. And I married the mirror of my mother that I hadn't healed that wound from. Hmm. And it started to play out in my life again. Um, Cause if you don't heal those wounds from childhood, you may repeat those patterns. So then I started doing my four step again and I see the same patterns that uh, five years prior showing up in my marriage and showing up in my relationship. And, and it, um, at that point I'm like, you, I need you to do a 12 step program. That's what I asked him. I said, I don't care which one, but the 12 steps help me uncover my issues and, and have helped me heal. I'd like for you to try one. And, and so he did, um, you know, we went on marriage retreats, we did therapy, we did all the things to try to make this work, but I, nobody could figure it out like it. And a lot of Christian counselors made it worse because they would put it on me, the people pleaser to fix it when it was a him issue that he needed to fix his own heart and his own stuff. And I definitely needed to fix some of mine. I'm not pointing fingers. Um, but I, we couldn't do that in the environment we're in. It's like you can't heal an environment that you're broken in. You have to take some time apart to heal to then come together. And um, so he tried Alan on for a little while. And I got a sponsor. And, um, and I remember when we met with therapy, it was time for his amends. And his amends. Um, and at this time, I'd already talked to the therapist. And I'm like, I think he has some narcissistic tendencies. I'm just not really sure. But like... I'm really questioning what's going on and I think I'm going half nuts, like gaslighting, all this stuff. So I didn't know who I was at this time. I'm a shell of a person. The person you look at right now, I was not that person and I was really a, like a zombie. And um, so we go to the therapist and she's he's supposed to do his amends. I said, I want you to do this with the therapist and me because um, I just need somebody else to hear it because I don't know if I'm not hearing things right. Like, it, is it a me thing that's not comprehending what's going on? Hmm. And after a five-page resentment list, she agreed with me that there was more than the issues that we had because it was no longer the amends. It was literally a five-page list of everything I did wrong for the past five years. And um, all goalposts changing, like um, I was angry that we had a child right away, and then I'm angry that you didn't give me a child, an another child. I was angry that you did this, but then I'm angry that you did the, the thing I asked you to do. So most of the resentments were like, you'll never, you, there's never a win. There's never a way that I could actually satisfy that. And as a people pleaser, to always be chasing the rabbit. So these things were his? They were his resentments towards me. And this wasn't classified as an amend. This was his amends. And at that point, the therapist was like, um, first let's talk about an amends. And, and I know his sponsor. I know his sponsor personally. And I know his sponsor talked about what it was. But it, somehow it got lost or hmm. didn't matter. But at that point, that's what gave me, and I think that was a God moment, that's what gave me enough concrete to go, this isn't going to work, you know. And, and at that point, I offered a healing separation or a divorce. And I said, this is, these are your two options. This is where I'm at. Like, you're either going to work on it, and I'll work on me, and we'll do it separately, and we'll come back together if that works, or we'll get a divorce. I don't want a divorce, he says. A week and a half later, he filed for a divorce. Hmm. And this was January last year. Oh, wow. 
And, um, and so at about year, about six months in, um, he had his own spiritual awakening, got rebaptized. Um, I'm not sure what happened. He's been on his own journey of healing and, and stuff. Um, and then he retracted the divorce. And at that point, I'm like, I still, I've been on this healing journey of my own and I can't go back to what that was, you know? So we ended up finalizing the divorce and he's on his own journey. He does, um, something called mankind project. And I think he's doing a lot of spiritual been, healing work. You I've know, I've been through, uh, I guess so you could say I'm a mankind brother also. I've done yeah. the initiation. Well, you and, might know him then, <laughs> but I think he's doing the work that he can do. So I'm not taking his inventory. That was just yeah. my experience of what that was. Yeah. Mankind's got a lot of great tools. I'm, uh, yeah. I grew a lot. Yeah. I, my and exposure I see to it. that really. Yeah. Really I like see it. it in him and I'm grateful for that. I remember, um, this was shortly after, well, this is before he filed. Um, he had gone on one of the events and I'm thinking, Oh, all I've been asking for is you to do your healing work. This is amazing. I'm so grateful. So that week, he goes on a retreat and he asks me, Hey, can you come to this celebration event? And I'm like, yeah, I would love to celebrate you. If you're, I mean, I asked for prayers that weekend. I'm like, pour love into him, whatever. Like he's doing the things I've wanted him to do, you know? And then, uh, so he comes back from the retreat on Sunday and Hey, can you go on this event? I'm like, yeah, I would love to support you. If you're doing the healing work I've been asking for. Yes. The next day I get certified papers. They had already filed. And I'm like, you're asking me to go now celebrate you when you could have even on the phone, like, hey, by the way, before I went on this retreat, I did do this thing. And I, just so you're not blindsided. So, no, I get certified papers. So then I go to this event that we were supposed to celebrate him. And I'm sitting there. I don't know if I've ever been so angry and all the things, all the feelings. And I'm listening to this celebration. And then at the I mean, end, like confusion. I mean, oh, like, it you was, know, I mean, this is like, you know, it's, and that was my whole marriage. Yeah. It was just this like shaky ground all the time. I'm not, yeah. I've got no stability. Yeah. I don't know what's coming. Right. So I'm sitting there and then they ask all the people, Hey, stand up and share what you've seen about this person this week, this change. And I'm like, you really want me to stand up and share right now? I'm like, Ooh, so I did. I was did like, you? oh, yeah. I said, well, I'm going to be honest. This is what happened. And at this point, I'm thinking, I want to out him. They need to know who he is because I don't know what they've to what he said yeah, to right. them at yeah. this point. What his perception is is much different than what mine is at this point, right? And um, so I just said, I, I said, I hope for my son's sake that you can break through to him. And I said, but... I was served papers after this event. I was blindsided in a sense. And so I thought this was our chance for him to get the healing that he was asking for. And then, you know, I'm like, so please do what you needed to not for me, for him and my son do whatever you got. Cause I love what you're telling me. I think this seems like a great program. And I'm like, I was so hopeful. I'm like, but, this is what my experience has been. So please love into him. And I know that he's very active in the program now. And I've seen a lot of changes and I've seen so many changes with how he interacts with my son. And so the thing I asked for, I'm seeing that. And I, I, mean, I couldn't be more grateful. And I'm not going to take whatever healing journey he's on. I just don't think we're the people that need to be together. Yeah. Right. Um, but in all that, you know, I'm still staying sober, trying to get through a divorce when not knowing what's going on in this whole like pendulum swing of emotions of like, I'm here, I'm not here. I'm 
want you, I don't want you, uh, you know, I'm willing to work, I'm not willing to work, you know, all of that chaos. And we talk about different healing journeys and different things like AA is absolutely an amazing program. I, I did Al-Anon for a while. And when I did Al-Anon, that really made me realize, like, I'm not so sure that's where I should have started based off of my childhood experience. Yeah. That I don't know if AA, and I'm not going to discount my journey, but I really wish I'd done that in the beginning. Hmm. Because I think I would have learned a lot of the tools even in that marriage of, like, what I was doing showing up codependently that I... I could have changed or I could have learned. And I'm not going to do woulda, shoulda, coulda. Right, yeah. But I really, uh, I really liked Alan on and what it taught me and, um, and what it helped. And so I had an AA sponsor and an and a Alan on sponsor. And so I believe in both. I think it's great for the journey, but I also believe in all different things. And I know you do other programs. And um, so I had a God experience uh, through my healing last year when I was going through the divorce. And he was, he said, um, you need to date yourself. And this is one of the programs that I do. It's solo date challenge. And, and I, I help women um, learn to love themselves through dating themselves because so many of us are codependent. And we, we have, we buy into this idea that this Cinderella fantasy, we see all the Disney movies that she meets her prince and then she gets married and then it's happy ever after. But there's not this, most of the movies aren't a journey of like finding yourself first. <laughs> it's finding the man and then now you're happy. And so, now part of my journey was learning to love myself by being alone and, and being okay with who I was. Cause right. that wasn't my pattern. Like I shared with you, it was a man and then another one and then another one. I never took that grace period to learn who I was. Yeah. And so today I'm now a more whole person than I've ever been, even though I've gone through things that most people wouldn't want to go through it as far as the trauma and my perception of what I experienced with it. And I did it sober. Yeah. And it's because I had a lot of structure from programs that taught me that there's other ways to cope. There's there's an easier, softer way. There's resources. And um, I had opportunities to go to meetings when I was feeling what I call squirrely, when I was feeling off. And I'm like, but I know that I can always step back into that fellowship and never skip a beat. And that I'm loved for who I am in that moment. Right. And, um, and so that's been kind of my experience from like now till here, but to have... Um, and now I'm a faith-based domestic violence advocate because I believe that so many people don't know what covert abuse looks like. And, and I didn't, and I stayed in it far too long for, for what I feel like I needed to. And so I think so much of what we do is based out of our own trauma and, and learning how to navigate that and how to heal from that. And that's just been part of my experience. So yeah. <laughs> that kind of tells you anything. That's circling back to that, you know, that, uh, and I like the, we get these messages and that's part of what that we were mm -hmm. talking before the 12 step spiritual recovery movement stuff is looking at the way that our spirits have been stepped on or were or that we've been given teaching that we have taken on mm -hmm. that we have no idea really that we did you know and you know disney's not out there to like mess us up oh absolutely you know, that was not their intention right. on doing that those are not as a matter of fact those stories are more so more than disney those some of these uh uh are 
archetypal stories are long, oh, old, yeah. you know, they They're just, just kind of reformulated yeah. it and that kind of thing of the knight in shining armor going to come mm-hmm. in and sweep you off and then I'm going to be happy the rest of my life kind of thing. Yes. Uh, you know, and I fall onto the other side of it. You know, I want to be the knight. Yes. You know, I want to show up on my big white horse uh-huh. and polished armor <laughs> yes. and, and sweep you up and, and ride off with you, you uh-huh. know, and I get a couple hundred yards down the trail and I go, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was fun. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and start looking around for somebody else, you know, mm-hmm. the next girl to save. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And, um, but it goes that, that always looking to, and I think that's where this, all these, um, the character defect of, if I only have this outside thing, then yes. I will be okay. You know, and you're talking about this this solo dating challenge thing of a way to get to know me. Yes. Because of the the same old story of that this is an inside job, right? Yes. And until I do that, you know, and we have a thing, uh, you know, in recovery, we'll say, you know, don't date for the first year. Yes. Well, I'm not sure that I don't really, I'm not too big on the timeline. I think right. that's just fine to put a timeline on it because that does something. But, you know, it is a chance for you to get to know yourself. Uh, yes. We transform through time and, you know, I heard you, you, you rang a bell with me earlier about like um, you were this career woman. Yes. And then ended up pregnant mm-hmm. and completely turned. Well, you know, and there's a couple things going on that hit me. You know, so like this guy who you were a career woman with, all of a sudden you're a completely different creature than Absolutely. what. Absolutely. You know, and he didn't sign up necessarily for that either. Yes. You know, and I'm not put you know this is not a blame yes. thing but this is like how we can like step into something you know absolutely and that picture that you know we turn the page and the story completely changes and you end up like feeling a little lost you yeah. know you're like whoa hold on <laughs> that one this is up not for. the environment i stepped into you yes. know you kind of walk through a magic door and things have changed and uh but i don't have the wherewithal to to talk about that yeah right now i have tools today to yes. go hold on this is uh-huh. not, <laughs> yes. you know, but then I'm not, I'm not able to, 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 to work these things out. Yes. But, uh, so many of us, you know, I've taken, you know, I didn't ever know what it was like to not be in a relationship. Yeah. And, uh, and I, in the flip side of that is I didn't know what it was to be not in a relationship sober. Yeah. It's different. You know, and, and to, to, to step back and get to be okay with, who Dan is and to learn who I am and get my footing down a little bit uh, on my own. Uh, one thing it does is it keeps me from hurting hurt somebody else, yes. right? I mean, that's the other thing. I jump into a relationship with somebody mm-hmm. and I'm not really ready. Right. And because of my codependency, I need to have, you know, uh, yes. as much as, you know, I want to resist this concept. The fact is, is that I don't feel like a man unless I've got a woman. Right. You know, mm-hmm. I am not my self-esteem. I need somebody yep. beside me, you know, and to be, to get past that. Uh, and, 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 you know, and also, you know, my number one thing today is not hurt people. Yes. You know, I do want to help people, mm-hmm. but I at least don't want to hurt anybody. Absolutely. And that's part and, of that. Um, the solo day challenge is, um, imp- like I, I focus on women, but this is for men just the same, but I help sure. women because yeah, right. I just feel safer doing that. Um, but and I, and I have several men that reach out and say, hey, I want to learn about this. Like, I'm like, yes, I can teach you the, the, 
the concepts of it and then definitely do it on your own. So where but does it come from, the solo? Is it something you found or you invented? Thing. It's a God thing, yes. So it's yours? Yeah. Okay, but very yeah. cool. Yeah. I mean, I've heard of solo dating, but this solo date challenge of this, like, doing 100 solo dates and or whatever number that looks like to you, but it's about getting back to you. So I teach people how to discover their core values because most people don't know what their core values are. And if you don't know what your core values are, it's really hard to then know what, how can I fill my cup? How can I learn how to validate myself? Because we were talking about like, when we go for relationship to relationship, we're really looking for outside validation. Tell me I'm great. Tell me I'm yeah, wonderful. Yeah. Tell me you love me versus I love me. I know I'm great. I know that I'm worthy. I know that I'm enough. I don't need somebody to tell me that now. I used to need somebody to tell me that. Right. I tell myself that now. My, Me and my higher power tell me that I'm enough and that I'm worthy. So the, the fears that used to make me a people pleaser, the fear of ejection, fear of abandonment, even if they're toxic people, I still feared that they didn't want me. Like, geez, that's nuts. Like, please don't want me. Like, please release me. Like, why would I? That There's an addictive quality to that of like that, that, wanting and needing somebody but once we start to learn how to be okay with ourselves we no longer tolerate that toxic stuff like but you said in until you're healed that's part of my mission is like to help people heal before they get back in because otherwise we repeat the cycle it may look different you might be going for a redhead instead of a blonde but you still got the same things that you're 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 falling into those same patterns until you learn that like some of it is doing the step work to uncover those um, character defects so you don't repeat it. But it's not fair to anybody else that I'm with. If I'm not working on my own healing journey, all I'm doing is creating another toxic cycle for somebody else. Yeah. I'm not going to pass that rock down the road and then affect other families and what that looks like. I'm not into hurt people. I'm into help people too. Right, yeah, but yeah. I, I used to have a tendency to, like I said, when I, when I got the envelope that said, Holly, go, go help save all the AA people. No, go to save yourself first, go to heal first. But my, the only way you could have got me there is so I can go help other people. Yeah. And so to come back full circle of like, really the first step is help yourself first. Yeah. Just like, you know, the airplane analogy. Yeah. You put your own oxygen mask yeah. on first. And I heard that, but I didn't understand it because I didn't understand that. I truly didn't love myself. And until you know who you are, until you do the work, spiritual work, 12-step work, core values work, whatever that looks like, until you discover who you are to your core, it's really hard to truly help anyone because then you're just helping it through your own perception and it's still your distorted, whatever that looks like. And it may or may not be helping because you may be just coming from this is what makes me feel good. So I'm going to help you in the way it makes me feel good versus what might be the best for that person. Yeah. So it, it takes part of that um, agenda away. And, and then you can be more empathetic and be more present and be more um, attuned to somebody else's needs without judgment. If you feel safe within your own body, because then it's not your agenda. It's yeah. not like, so I help these women, whatever they're doing, it, it doesn't affect me. 
but I'm going to share my experience, strength, and hope. This is what worked for me. It may not work for you. And I'm I'm definitely not in the place of like, this is the end all be all. Yeah. All I know is that God gave it to me. Right. And I believe in our program. Whatever we've been given, we've got to be willing to give away or we yeah. can't keep it. And so that's why I created I, this. I think that goes for everything I do. Absolutely. You know? uh, that's why I created the group. We have almost over... 350 women Very that cool. I help support from awesome. across the United States. I mean, That's not United States. Cool. Like I've got, I think New Zealand, um, Ireland, uh, I mean like all over the world. Like Very this cool. is needed everywhere. And a lot yeah. of like the concepts that you're teaching, it's, there's just such a need and it's an easy concept that people can understand. Just date yourself, just learn who you are. And it's okay because so much of what we've been taught is that it's selfish to take care of yourself. Yeah. It's selfish not to. It's selfish to show up that, like, broken. Yeah. The word of those messages came from, from right. that. You know, it's, it's, it's pretty obvious to me that's a faulty message today. Yeah. But, but the majority of us receive that message on multiple yeah. levels. Yeah. And to read just that, that simple. And basically, crush can really take on and really hurt themselves giving Absolutely. to others and not, yes. you know, and, and almost in a martyr. Martyr. That's the word of, I was thinking. Yeah. Yeah. And, and a lot of faiths teach that. I don't believe that. I believe that God wants us to be whole first. And I think that concept where people would say, uh, the Jerry Maguire movie, You Complete Me. Oh, gosh. Like, I love that movie. I'm like, yes, I want to find someone to complete me. But instead of, like, the concept of I'm coming as a whole person and I want to attract somebody that's also a whole person. And then now we can enhance each other's lives. And if somebody can't enhance my life, or my life is better being single than being with that person, then maybe we're in a path for some other reason, but I don't need to be romantically involved in that. And that's a big, like, because yeah. I know I'm okay who I am today with or without somebody, that I am enough whether right. I'm with or without somebody. And so many teachings teach opposite of that, or like our, the way we vision. And if you look at most movies, it's all that, romantic comedy of this brokenness there's not many healthy relationships that we see on any of it yeah so that's kind of where i've come full circle and and my own healing journey and the biggest shifts for me certainly were aa certainly have been my own experiences to then realize that i needed healing in other areas because yeah that was pain and i'm like okay this pain is repeating i need to figure out why it's repeating and I, and I and I realize that mine comes from my own childhood trauma that I'm trying to heal it so I'm repeating the cycle so I have another opportunity to heal it and I think I've uncovered that now through therapy through energy work through all kinds of things that God's given me these tools that the the little what would you call it the feather tickle I'm like oh that's another feather tickle I guess I need to look that way and I think it's because I'm open to all, all ideas that are spiritual that are different that like it's not only one program is going to give me all of it that there are lots of ways that i can get that healing yeah yeah you know that that's in it and uh, there's another one of those phrases that's in that uh in that bill wilson wrote is one of the things that you know god has supplied these people yes. and he, one of the things he says is practitioners of various kinds yes you know what i mean what's that mean right, right? 
Uh-huh. And, uh, and yeah, and if I've had a, you know, I would love to, like, I have a whole lot of firsts up yes. there about what 12-step handed me because I had mm-hmm. to have that for the springboard to get out of where I was. Yes. Right? I would, that was what sprung me up. Mm-hmm. to be able to wake up and to look at the other things but it's like i put a whole lot of them as number one yes but one of the number one things was an open mind and, a, and an openness to 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 look into this stuff and you know sometimes i look into something and it, and it doesn't land mm-hmm. you know and i don't have to beat myself up over it i don't have to like try well maybe i'm not trying you know right. i can just go okay well that was fun that tried that let's go for something else you yes. know and and to be open to uh to to, to looking at those we have you, you said another thing that uh hit me was you know that uh most of us are carrying around a big in tssr we talk about uh, the analogy is a trash can that's mm. like got backpack straps on it yes and you know in these trauma events and these other things and really every life experience i have mm-hmm. i'm picking that up and i'm putting it into my tra- my can yeah and i'm carrying it you know mm-hmm. and the kind of the bad apple thing of that you know the ones that are the traumas and the ones that are not you know I almost reject the labels but the not good ones mm-hmm. yeah will kind of spoil the good you know yeah. we have this propensity for negative bias yes. you know if i you walk into a room and 199 of the 100 people tell you you look beautiful mm-hmm. and one insinuates otherwise yes. i'm walking out of the room with the one's opinion <laughs> right yes. and uh and the same thing with the experiences that we have in our life, yes. the negative stuff weighs more. Yes. It just does. You it put does. it on the other side of the scale and, uh-huh. it, and it comes down and, and I have, to, and we all have that. I don't care if you're addictive. Yes. Uh, I don't care. I really don't. And I should be careful because there <laughs> are these certain souls that seem to escape that. Yes. But that's an anomaly. Uh-huh. And I know some of them and I look at them yeah. and I also wonder, <laughs> you know, is that real? Uh-huh. Yes. But I do believe that some people are able to escape yes. uh, that from happening to them in their mm-hmm. lives. Uh, lucky folks yes. i guess but then again maybe not you know maybe they don't pick up the tools because they don't have to right and so i uh, kind of but anyway we have that stuff so then i do some event that, or i take some action that heals me right mm-hmm. and uh so then i've had this deal and and it heals me to a level because we're right well, healing is a journey yes. i will never be claimed to be yeah. fully healed, healed yes. you know there's a line jordan peterson says that I, he says uh i I wonder what would happen if one brought themselves completely into alignment. Yeah. You know, like completely. Yeah. You know, and he says that, you know, and he says, you know, I don't know what that looks like. You know, does that what Buddha, is that what Jesus, right. is that, are That's those what comes to mind for that me. came yeah. into that complete alignment? Right. You know, but then he goes on to say something. I've had intimations of what that may look like, you know, yeah. and I have periods in my life and, and, and events that happened that, that where I, for whatever short period of life, point i was actually in this complete alignment yes you know but uh go on but where i was going with that was that you know i have that that stuff so then i i, I take care of some levels of that healing mm-hmm. you know and then like i'm fixed and the first thing i want to do is get in a relationship because i'm okay right? <laughs> right you know and i don't even know this new thing yes. this new dan that come off of the backside of that healing right, you know? right i don't even know what i am really uh-huh. you know and that's the thing about like you like i hear you saying you know now i gotta spend some time to get to know me we're always in a rush yes. to like get there right yes. and uh what's, and the, t- what's the hurry right and, so, and i said it's it is in but I do believe it's almost unfair. One of the things a, a, a speaker said, you know, he tells his people, he says, you know, I don't want you to get, in a, here's the ground rules for our walk together. And one of them is to not get in a relationship. And he just straight tells him, he says, you know, you are too sick yeah. to be in a relationship. Yeah. And if you happen to land somebody healthy, uh-huh. 
which is very low probability because you're going to be sick. You're only really going to attract other sick people. Exactly. And, but if you get the chance and you actually land somebody that's healthy, mm-hmm. you're just going to be hurting them. You're yes. going to make them sick. So let's just stay away from that for now yep. and, and not not do that. Another thing he says, you know, and if you choose to not follow my advice, those problems are not mine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love that. That's awesome. Don't don't bring me those problems <laughs> if you end up in that. That's beautiful. It's a good boundary. But, but I like that transformational thing that happens because we just don't, you know, that's one of the things you see. Another dynamic is a couple, if one gets uh, sober, mm-hmm. they change so much. Yeah. They like grow. the person that they, you know, the dynamic that was set up when the union began yes. becomes this person becomes such a different person that you know they're looking at you're looking at them going who are you yes and uh, it's a definitely interesting to think about all that stuff I like the solo date challenge thing I like the thought of it I uh, I would like to learn a little more I like to think that I do that at some level but I think you've got a lot more intention. Yes. You have her doing it on a very intentional basis from what I can understand. Yeah. And that's what we say. It's intentional and unapologetic solo dating. It's about learning who you are and then filling your cup based off of that knowledge. Not just, I'm going to go to the movies or I'm going to go get a pedicure or I'm going to go do. Like for me, one of my core values is service. So to come and do this today is an act of service in a way. This is a solo date for me mm. to come and, and be in connection with people. And community is a core value of mine. Growth is a core value of mine. So like this event right now, us together, pings on almost all of my core values. So yes, I'm going to sign up for that, right? But if you don't know that, like when, when we're not lined up with our core values, that's when we're anxious. That's when we're depressed. That's when we're angry because somebody or something you've allowed in your life doesn't line up with your core values. So you will continue to create those environments until you know, okay, well, this person did this to me because now they took away my freedom. Then I need to figure out what I can do for my own healthy boundaries to get my freedom back because that's one of my core values. But until we know what that is, but that's part of what I teach in the Solo Date Challenges, that's the foundation. You need to know who you are first. And then once you do, you can uncover lots of pieces about yourself. But even doing a solo date, let's say you go somewhere and you realize you don't like it. Well, fine. You learn that about yourself. You took the time to go, I tried something new. I stepped out of my comfort zone. I didn't like it. Well, good. You know that about yourself now. So when somebody else gives you that opportunity in the future, like, gosh, I appreciate that invite. That just doesn't line up with who I am today. But man, I wish you well with that. Right. Instead of going out to the bar where you're uncomfortable and you're like, well, I won't drink, but like, that's what everybody else wants to do. So I'm going to go because I'm lonely and I feel isolated and I'll go to the bar and you're sitting there uncomfortable. Well, you put yourself there. But if you knew who your values were, you wouldn't be in that situation. Right, you yeah. know, you would be able to be empowered to go, no, that doesn't line up. But how about we do this other thing? Yeah. And it really makes it makes. And then you start attracting the people that line up with your values. Like you said, with if you're showing up not healthy, you're going to attract not healthy. But if we show up as our whole selves, we now start. And I've seen this like, holy moly, the miraculous people that have come into my life. <laughs> in the past year 
these were not people that I would have met naturally. And I've met them online and like even just you reaching out to do this, like I'm now attracting more of who I am authentically. And I, and I get to be myself unapologetically me and the rest of them almost repel themselves from me now. And, And I'm not having to weed out all that unhealthy as much. I mean, we still do because unhealthy people are still attracted to healthy people. Yeah. that. You know, so we still have to learn. Because they want, they see that, and they yeah, attracted they want to it. it. And it's actually, you know, that's a good thing too. But yeah, but then you have healthy have to, boundaries. Yeah, right. So when you when you show up authentically, you learn what healthy boundaries look like, and and you can be okay saying no. Yeah, and, and you also get this sixth sense and this intuition too oh, today, yeah. to where you know you know you're not like you know I rarely ever find myself walking into one of those situations, and and some now and again you know I've had a. Uh, had a situation now i'm trying to decide how careful to be with it but uh i'm working for myself and i go see clients and stuff and sometimes i will get this ping that'll tell me not yeah you know this is probably not an opportunity for me this is probably not for yeah. me and uh and most of the time i listen to that yeah and sometimes but there's sometimes i will override that uh-huh. i'll push well, the override yes. button <laughs> And yes, I'll go that. there anyway, uh-huh. you know, and then I go, golly, I knew, you know, I kind of have to do that because that yes. also allows me to reinforce that because mm-hmm. see, that's the one that tells me that I was, my intuition was right. Right. If I never go there, I never get the positive feedback mm-hmm. that tells me it was right. Yes. You know, and, but that's okay too. You know, yeah, I don't need to learning. go into the bad situation just to learn that it wasn't yes. good. Uh, but uh, yeah, so that same thing with the people around you, you know, uh-huh. I mean, I feel energy today. Oh, yes. And it's, it's weird, you know, uh, I would have called that, you know, some woo-woo kind uh-huh. of stuff when people would have told me that before, but yeah. today I pretty much can see and feel people uh-huh. most of the time. You know, there are some artists out there that, yes. uh, that can and con that, you. And that's where I'm at, too, because as I show up more who I am, I now can feel that. Like, I, um, I trust my intuition now where I would override it almost every time. Like, no, that can't be right. No, we're going to do it this yeah. way. And and now I trust my gut. And then, but we tease it sometimes. Like you said, we're like, yeah, I don't know. I'll try. I'm like, oh, no, affirmation. I was right. Okay. And, yeah. But at least we, that refractory period is more narrow than before. It used yep. to be much wider and right. that gap is much shorter. And yeah. so, and I learned the lesson much quicker, but I do believe that we will continue to learn the lesson until our, continue to get the test until we learn the lesson and i'm like okay i've learned it god i'm good like (laughs) you cannot send me that test again i think i got it you know but sometimes we still get retested when we learn and then that's an opportunity to also show show ourselves that we're strong enough to withstand it yeah yeah that uh Walking with that in mind and, 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 and feeling it and knowing it is definitely another one of them number one gifts of this awakening thing yes. is to uh, to feel that mm-hmm. energy. And there's really nothing better either than to be in community with those who are all yes. on high vibration kind of thing. One of my buddies yes. says, you know, if the people around you are not inspiring you, you need to be with the other people. Mm-hmm. And it's one of the, you know, the... Uh, had opportunity to have these, I have these men's retreats down at the place and this past one got weeded down through the universe because of, uh, uh, the COVID thing. Mm-hmm. And some people weren't comfortable and this and that, and it yes. doesn't have anything to do with the people who didn't come. Yes. Uh, so make sure, but the people who did show up for that had really show, they really, really showed up. <sighs> 
you know, and I didn't see that till after. Yes. You know, but the vibration of that weekend oh, of those amazing. guys that were there, that was like, you know what, I'm going to this for me. Yes. Uh, and, 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 and they shoot, they shoot, they all, I've said the thing, uh, you know, sometimes you go to, you go to the funeral home or you go to the family dinner, you know, and you make a, sh- you just go to make a showing, yes. right? You know, and, uh, nobody showed up for that in that manner. They yes. were all there. And when you're in that kind of vibration with a bunch of people who are on that similar path, mm-hmm. you know, we're all on different paths, right? Yes. But that same flow, that same trajectory, I like to say, uh, is, is, it, there's a buzz involved with that. Yes. That way outweighs anything I've ever got through artificial means. Oh, absolutely. Well, that's kind of the vibe I get in my group that I lead for women. It's like, it's a safe space to be yourself, but it's also that we're all here to like raise that vibration. We're all here to like, you know, of course there's stragglers here and there, but like, so not that condensed group that you're saying, but that's important to me to have that high vibe energy of like, this isn't a come and complain about your life this is like what are we gonna do to shift this what are you know like we're gonna raise our vibration i've been to um to to make your note on that i went to a dr joe dispenza meditation retreat i don't know are you familiar with that just the the union um synchronicity thing that land that uh, that name keeps on landing on uh, me my last podcast guest <laughs> and somebody else you know so okay, well, when i hear that i do it so i'm listening to uh, yes. one of his audio books oh beautiful right now awesome uh, so that's why i smiled like that because yeah. i just really you know, was annoying <laughs> yep yep that's i love synchronicities for sure um so, so i went a re- to a couple meditation of, retreat a meditation retreat in um was it palm springs California. And this is in my own healing journey and my marriage. I'm like, I've got to figure out what is going on. Like, I'm not who I am. I, you know, I was in this beautiful place and now I'm not like, I got to figure out what's going on. And so, you know, we had discussed it. I'm like, I'm going to go on this retreat. And I was not a meditator before this. Okay. And so Dr. Joe Dispenza you also. Clarify, you said you were not. I was were, not okay. a meditator right. before I that. I'm sure I heard it yeah. right. Yeah. And so like my mind is squirrely and we go all over the place. I'm like, I can't sit still long enough to meditate. So we start on this retreat and uh, it's 14, 15 minutes for the first meditation. And we're there for four or five days. By the end of the um, program, we've had uh, a four-hour meditation. Mm. So if you had asked me if I (laughs) had a four-hour meditation, I'd be like, you're nuts. So he's very science-based, but also there's a spiritual element. So I love that because he has proof of how meditation really shifts and changes our body and how much our, our thoughts really make a difference in our whole epigenics and how we can really change our lives by what we put into our minds and how we do all that. So it's super powerful. But to, to your point about the energy, they had this like little Doppler thing that would um, show you the energy in the room. And so as we're there, as the retreat um builds and everybody's really there intentionally you can see the energy doppler like it's scientifically like can pull the energy in the room and at one point we we go so they show us the energy of the room before we even started the retreat and then they show us the first day and then they show us this one one period of time where we're all out doing a walking meditation we're no longer in the room but the doppler's there the energy is not as high as if we were in the room but there's still energy that was left from when we were there before and it was still there vibrating for because we were already in that connection. And then by the end of it, it was just like berserk. And we did this healing meditation. 
And I actually felt the energy of the room just shoot through my body. It was the most surreal experience, but it was because we're all vibrationally there for the right reasons. And like, it, it was one of more powerful kind of experiences that I had. Very it was cool. very surreal. Yeah. And um, I really appreciate his work because it does, if, if you can be truly intentional about what you consume through your mind, through your, like, that's why I don't watch the news. I don't watch all this toxic stuff because what we put in, what we feed our body, not Spiritual just our diet. food. Yeah, all that. This, if I go down the road and get crappy, crappiest gasoline I can find and put it in my car, I'm not going to. Yeah. Absolutely. Why is my car not running well? Absolutely. And I feel that same way with when, with the with the nutritional yeah. diet I put in myself and Absolutely. my spiritual mental diet is who you just surround exactly yourself around. What do you watch? How do you what do you read? What do you consume? What do I All consume? those things yep. really make much more of an impact than what you know. And you yep. and you see that in people that like it lowers your vibration. Absolutely. And, yeah. And so I've seen the shift of myself from where I was and what the, I was experiencing to now where I'm super intentional about who I spend my time around, who I pour. And, and I, I still am around a lot of toxic people because I'm helping them through, but I'm also filling my cup up so I can overflow. I'm not coming from an empty tank. And I think so many people that want to help first before they help themselves, they're coming in an empty tank and then that just drags you down. So it's so important to, to come overflowing and pour from your overflow and that's really what I'm trying to teach people now. Yeah, well, man, one of the one of the things I picked up from Mankind Project was a way that we actually practice, like you know, putting putting up a shield so that I don't take mm-hmm. on your stuff. I can mm-hmm. be here and be empathetic and be here for you, yes. but I do not have to absorb it. Yes, you know, mm-hmm. and you know, and that's there's a limit to that, obviously, because mm-hmm. there gets to be a point where I have to draw some boundaries and go. Yes, yeah. Uh, we're going to need to shift this a little <laughs> bit, uh, yeah. but that's, uh, definitely one of the, one of the big tools to being able to, and you, and you kind of have to have that because that comes with the territory here. Yes. You're going to be dealing with low vibration people. Part of the thing is to help them raise that. And, yes. uh, and if I let them pull me down, then mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not much help, you know, yeah. I'm less value, you know, value in what, in helping them than, than what I could Absolutely. be. And I think that's a. That's a valuable tool that I wish a lot of, I wish schools would teach all these empathetic tools and these ways of like how to protect yourself, but also be empathetic and how to, this emotional intelligence basically that we're learning along this Mm -hmm. way that we've stumbled across because we're open and we're looking and seeking different ways to heal. And, um, but to that note, I didn't go to a lot of AA meetings there for a while because I didn't have enough in me to block some of that. And I would leave feeling less people. Yeah. And I'm like, I want to go and help. So I find other ways to help and plug in. But I didn't have that uh, that tool, like you said, to shield up. I would leave feeling worse because I'm an empathetic person. And I am I would take on their energy. I'm like, this isn't serving me either. Yeah. So trying to find that balance and learning those skills, I think, are really important. So I'm glad that other programs are teaching that too, you know. And I think that that's a skill that is really important. Yeah, the uh, that whole, you know... How, like you were saying, I don't know how these things come and happen to you. I got yes. tricked into going to yoga one day by, yeah. <laughs> by a gal I was dating, and she truly did. I mean, she did. She That's won't, awesome. She won't hold any. Uh, she she uh, invited me to go, and 
told me she wasn't going to tell me why. I was just going to have to trust her. And she mm-hmm. knew that I'd back out if she'd let me know what it was. And, <laughs> I went and I fell in love with it and then went on to take teacher training. And, oh, beautiful. And, you know, and uh, I seen some guys that had some light in their eyes that I didn't understand. And and when I would talk to them about it, uh, the, the thing was is they were all guys who had uh, participated in the Mankind Project. Uh-huh. And then it, you know, so uh, he said, hey, okay, you know, and for a while that door wasn't open, but one day it was, and, yes. and you get these opportunities, so I'm always looking for that, and, uh, you know, it all does hinge back on that, uh, all, all, it, for me, it hinges back on multiple phrases and different things I've learned through 12 Steps, my sponsor is a huge encourager of that. Nice. Uh, you know, um, when I'm doing the work, I was told to just, uh, you know, I, I will, I will, I'll take phrases that mean different, like singleness of purpose is something we have, right? Yes. Well, singleness of purpose to me and sometimes means, you know, be completely present at what I'm at right now. Nice. You know, and so when I'm doing 12-step work, let's do 12-step work. Yes. Uh, when I go to execute amend, I go to execute an amend. We're mm-hmm. not going out to dinner afterwards. Yes, you yes. You know, we're staying on intention? point and do this and get in and get out. Mm-hmm. Uh, same thing when I take people down to do fist steps. I take them out there to that cabin I have and we do fist steps down there and spend yeah. the night. And it's the target, you know. And nice. Hey, man, can we go do, you know, we'll come back next weekend and go fishing. Yes, that's but not This why weekend we're here. we're here to do this. Perfect. And, uh, you know, they improve your conscious contact, you know, just it's, it improve my conscious contact with you, with my family, with, you mm-hmm. know, uh, continue to do that stuff. But the big word is, is that what I just said, continue. Yes. Continue, you know, continue. 12 steps launched me up out of the hole. Yes. Uh, once I'm up out of the hole, Huh? My sponsor encouraged me. So while I'm doing that 12-step work the first time around, getting up out of the hole, that's the only thing we're going to do. He told me, you know, yes. I want you reading any inspirational books. I yeah. don't want you to, you know, we're not going to go to do on these other. Don't join the Bible study at yeah. church. Don't. Uh-huh. Let's just do this. Yes. And then when you're done doing this, blast off. Yes. Search. That's continue. And mm-hmm. find what's next. You know, yes. sky's the limit. Absolutely. Uh, once you get that. So. Uh, the universe keeps on providing me with these tools and these uh, concepts and I put myself in a position, you know, I mean, you know how much of a blessing it is I have this podcast land oh, in my right. lap, you know what I mean? I didn't plan to ever do this thing, yes. but I get to uh, commune with people like you and mm-hmm. people come in here and sometimes I'm doing it through Zoom stuff where I'm working with some, talking to somebody from another place in the country and yes. they're bringing me tools that, that I need, mm-hmm. you know, or exposing me to ideas and concepts that I'm not familiar with. Yes. And as that just like goes along with what you were saying, as I get closer, as I begin to know me better, uh, there's like that power of positive thinking kind of thing in a in a in a prosperity kind of, not a not a fin- financial school too but more spiritually spiritual prosperity yes uh builds mm-hmm. and and then that will make me hungry for more yeah right and, yeah. and we just keep on reaching and reaching and my life has never been you know I, we say that cliche if i'd have written a script i'd have sold myself short oh absolutely i get to sit out here and make wood and get to do things that are really you know close to my heart to uh, not be you know I watch people that frankly hate their jobs mm-hmm. you know and and, and you, you don't have them. to stay there yes oh I had a conversation with my teenager it's like staying in a bad relationship that's right I mean you have choices I think and that's that's one thing that I learned really early on Becky really helped me understand is that I have choices and that this these guides it's a guide 
but I still have a choice. And that, that was really empowering because I never always felt like I had a choice. And, um, and so to be able to put it back on myself and go, I do have a choice on that. But also that, that open-mindedness that, that you talk about, that um, it's a skill I've had and I have a resiliency about myself that even if I'm open and it doesn't work out, that I know I'll be okay. And that some of that comes from trauma of like, I've just learned that I can be resilient. So I know that I at least try something. I don't have that paralyzing fear that some people do experience like, oh my goodness, it's something new. I cannot step out of my comfort zone. That is terrifying. I'm grateful I don't have that. I'm grateful that I have this, uh, I call it kind of the rabbit hole of like you said, okay, well, this, the yoga then got you to Mankind Project then yeah. gets in. So like, no, I, I, I go just in go, rabbit holes. yeah, I'm like, okay, guess we're going down the rabbit hole. You know, I'm a, I I'm a multi speakers. I do it with yeah. teachers. You know, I will, you know, I will, I will yes. be turned on to somebody and, you know, I'm going to read every book in your library uh-huh. and then, and then that will fade. And yep. I'll put that in my tool belt. Absolutely. And then I look in the next, for the next rabbit hole. Yeah, and it appears you're a multi-passionate as well. That's how I am. Like, my degree's in interior design, and I'm in sales, and I've got these other businesses that I'm doing. That It's all, I don't know, but it's because now I'm passionate about that. I'm going to learn about that. I'm going to be a sponge. And what, what step, and, and it might be that your woodwork connects you with somebody that 20 years from now, because you have that experience, now you can talk and connect with somebody on a spiritual level because of that passion of that. You know, that mm-hmm. might be what crosses your path. And yeah. so that's why I just remain open. I'm like, I don't know, God. This is where you want me to be today. I don't have to know why. And yeah. that is a really um, a really cool place to be that I wasn't always there. But, but why? Don't need to know why today. Today I'm just being called to show up in this way. And that is powerful. And that's yeah. so different than what I experienced growing up and um and to just be okay being and not have to do I'm a doer but to be okay being too is pretty substantial yeah 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 a human being rather than a yes. human doing yeah always like another one of those old things I was taught along the way is uh it's like on the bicycle uh uh God will let me steer yes but he won't paddle <laughs> <laughs> yes, I like that. Uh, all I got to do is trust to let him steer, mm-hmm. and 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 I pedal. Yeah, keep pedaling. Yes, I like that. That's beautiful. Yeah, yeah. And it's you think about like how much I used to think I didn't have time for things. Mm-hmm. You know, and I look at everything I'm doing today. Yes, and there's just no way I can like be doing everything I'm doing. Uh-huh. And, uh And and where that how that happens again is. Uh, you know, that's, there's some divine thing going on that, that makes that happen that, you know, yes. uh, that, that these things that I'm given the energy to do it. Yes. I don't wear out. Yes. Other thing is I'm taking care of myself today. Right. You know, I'm taking my care of my, my, my mind, my body and my spirit. Yes. And that allows me to have the energy to, to go out and seize the day. Yes. Uh, and yeah, it's a, it's a. I sit back sometimes and I'm amazed. Yeah. Uh, quite well, a lot. I'm, uh, I'm amazed. <laughs> I go, you know, man, that's now I feel like I'm living. Yeah. Oh, that's that's how I felt. Like I have so many people come and like, how are you so positive, Polly? Like how how is it possible that you do all these things that you do? Because I've got my hands in all kinds of things, and I'm like, it is not me. It is truly a supernatural natural yeah. power. This energy is not mine. Yeah. This is, See, I mean, I, I do. I'm not the, really capable of this. No, I mean, There's I do take care of my on. body because I know that that's what I need to do. I take care of my mind. I take care of my spirit. But that's me pedaling. 
Right. God's given me that energy right. to like do that. And it, it's um, just even in the past since COVID started, I've oh this supernatural energy that is overflowing for me has um, has almost been alarming in a way because I'm like, how, who does this? Who has this? You know, and and so much gratitude for that. But I'm also seeing some massive shifts. And I and I truly believe in this next year. Solidate Challenge. I'm doing compassionate divorce and recovery. I'm doing faith-based domestic violence advocacy. I'm doing my full-time job. Like I believe in this next year, it's going to blow up globally, and he's just preparing me for something that is just going to be enormous. And it's not about me. Like very clear, not about me. Right. This is just I'm a vessel for whatever bigger plan he's got, and I'm saying yes where I would have been scared before, and I'm saying yes, whatever you need him to do, and if you need to mold me more to equip me like they say that he he equips the the called not calls the equipped like he's equipping me and i'm in that faith based of like he might share with me a book that you may mention i'm like okay i guess that's the next thing that i've got to go look up or a podcast i need to listen to that's gonna link me to the next thing that he's gonna chisel you know and help me grow to be that person of whatever I know I'm here to help others, like whatever that I'm supposed to look like or be equipped for so I can help the world because I believe it's not just my region. I believe it's bigger than that. And that's why I love podcasts. It's bigger than me. And it's and you said, I'm not going to be able to write this story. I will. I have no clue where it's going, but I'm like, I'm on the run. (laughs) I'm ready. (laughs) And I can't wait. Like it's that's the energy, you know. And I feel that from you because this is so cool what you're doing. And I'm really excited for you. Yeah, well, thank you. I am same for you. The uh, I really have a feeling that there's a, the tools, that uh, the mechanisms that have been making. I've heard of this, still stole this from somebody else. I said the sense-making apparatuses that people have been using mm-hmm. are not really working mm-hmm. so well right now. I think what we see maybe in the world at the moment yes. is kind of a result of that to some extent. Or maybe that's the... You know, I almost wonder if this is not like a bottom for oh, yeah. the society in a sense, you know, because like you said, we don't ever change unless there's some pain. Yes. And uh, and, and it's just uh, it's just the way it is. And, and the world right now is receiving a dose of, uh, you know, I, I will call it pain. I don't know, mm-hmm. you know, it is for some people. And it's certainly a disturbance yes. and a, a, a wrinkle in the universe is happening right now. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, and I do, you know, sometimes I feel a little arrogant or a little, you know, I don't know what it might be, but you know, that these tools we have and, uh, been prepped at some level, maybe to be on the backside of this, to catch some of the fallout. Yes. To offer people, uh, that are at their wits end. Yes. And not knowing how to do this, because if you don't know how to do living day at a time right now, yes, uh, it could struggling. be the world can be a very frightening place. Yes, uh, if you can't if you can't do this day at a time thing, and I said said this before too. You know, I think uh, January was five years for me, and and Congrats. I feel like thank you. <laughs> I sometimes like uh, there's a feeling like you know the last five years have been you know basically preparation for times like these. Yes, 
you know, because I've talked to a couple other people. almost feel like uh, we have a a little bit of unfair advantage coming into situations like this. Yes. Because it didn't rock my boat. Oh, no, not at all. Not really. I mean, it's also hard to stay out of the news Mm -hmm. completely because I do have a little bit of like, I want to see what's going on. Yes. And I think that's healthy, too. Oh, yeah. But the boundary of turning it off, Mm -hmm. uh, I'm just surprised at the spectrum of what I'm learning. You know, what, you know. The, the there is a 360 degree availability of 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 viewpoints yes. on this uh-huh. and i have real trouble on where land in there <laughs> yeah. you know i struggle i'm like well that sounds right well that sounds that's uh-huh. not you both can, those two can't be right right both uh so what i usually do is i check out yeah. of both you know, I had to settle back. That's me putting mm-hmm. my shield up and going, yeah, okay, I'm confused. It's disrupting my, mm-hmm. it's disrupting my serenity. It's causing, the, you know, you'd said some terms earlier, but you also parallel that to that restless, irritable, discontent thing yes. to where I'm just not okay. And I had to step back and mm-hmm. go uh, live intentionally where my, I like another thing, live where my feet are at. Yeah. I, I, I like the term, I don't need to know that today. I don't need to know the answer to that today. Yeah. I just don't. Yeah. Like, what would it serve me to know, to know the grand scheme, the whole answer? I don't need to know that right. today. Yeah. yeah. But there's I, still something in there, like, that makes me want to, right? You know, that's oh, the, yeah. it's the, it's like the fighting. That's the way I have to turn that off because uh-huh. I have that. That's another bell ringer is this need to know. Yeah. If we have this innate thing where I need to know. Yeah. And I have to decide, yeah, the things I don't need to know. I just don't need to know that today. But if it's, if it's stealing my serenity, I don't need to know that today yeah. because it means I don't, there won't be an answer today anyway. Yeah. So I can let that go. I don't need to know that today, yeah. but as long as I'm showing up authentically and I'm showing up vulnerable and I'm showing up as my true self, that's all I have control over. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. The rest of it, I don't need to know today because it could be my last day. But if I showed up every day as myself, that's what I feel like the universe, that's what God's asking me to do. Yeah. And even if I'm not completely healed, I'm showing up as the person that he's got me to, to this point today. Yeah. And that's enough. Yeah. I'm shining the light I have today. Yes. Yeah. I'm looking forward to, uh, you know, that's not always to look forward to the future and, and, and peek around the corner with childlike anticipation about what, what our power has for me. Yes. Around the corner. Mm-hmm. Used to peek around the corner. Used to be like watching for the sledgehammer to come flying yeah. by. Uh, we got a bunch of guys going, or not guys, people. I got people coming down the cabin this weekend. Uh, I've stayed in touch with people during this period. Yes. Uh, God's done that, not me. Mm-hmm. Uh, with uh, through having sponsees, and this is an avenue I get to have. Yes. One on one personal contact with people. Absolutely. Uh, and and it's funny that it just puts me in the spots. But I had the retreat in May anyway, even though some people. Some people were saying that wasn't safe. Uh, we were outdoors and practicing, yeah. you know, some social distancing. We did a lot of <laughs> hugging that weekend, too. No judgment for me. And, uh, <laughs> and, and, and then we've got people. I always try to have people. I invite people come down with people say, uh, my kids would love it here. Mm-hmm. My, you know, and so I always try to have something where I open it up. So that's nice. Uh, we, family, kids, and everybody will yes. come down this weekend and, and we'll. We'll do some more of that light shining, and I love to. I yes. love to take the kids down there. I love it when uh, 
They like to explore. Yeah. To outdoors. see it through their eyes. Yeah. It makes a difference. Somebody was talking about like the ozone and you know that. I need that in my life. Mm-hmm. I see that you get out of doors oh, a lot. yes. I hike uh, several times a week. <laughs> yeah, and I need that as a uh-huh. part of my life. I am not, mm-hmm. and I can feel it. Yes. Uh, when I'm not, I have that personal slice of paradise and I'm drawn there. Yes. Uh, there's a lot of special about it for me. And uh, and when I don't go there, I begin to have like kind of a withdrawal thing. Yeah. I need time there. And I also need, uh, I need solo time there also. Yes. So Solitude. I like to go when I'm by myself. Every fall, I try to go down and uh, I don't try. Uh, since I've been sober, every fall I'll go down and I spend at least a week down there by myself. Beautiful. During deer season. Yeah, nice. And well, that's uh, a solo date right there. Like yeah, tapping right, into yeah. who yeah, you so are. Yeah, so I kind of relate uh-huh. to like how I, at some level, showed up in that in my Absolutely. life, you know, by uh, with intention. Yes. But not with necessarily that intention. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? I've been doing it on purpose and yes. I have a, 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 a goal in mind, you know, I've set that up and done it, not just like, a, okay, I'm going to go somewhere in a minute. Right. Absolutely. That's it's, all. I mean, that's really what it is. It's it just that both, intention. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I like it. Uh, got anything else you want to share this evening? No, you talked, you talked about nature. I will touch on that for me is this, this period of COVID and, and time. One thing I did discover about myself is that I am, um, I need to create more spaces for um, balance, but more the balance of um, absence of planning and that that um, empty space. And and so this period has given me a lot more opportunities for empty space. And and I I filled it so to speak with nature, and I never realized my connection how deep it was. And I think that's where some of my supernatural energy has come from. Mm. I mean, I'm hiking in between five miles and 11 miles, four or five times a week, cool, getting yeah. out in trails. But even the trails that I've been to for years, they're different. It's almost like I'm in a labyrinth because I'm open. I'm like, I look to my right. I'm like, I've never seen that path before in my life. I'm going to go take that path. And then I have a totally new experience. Yeah. And I've done that. I don't know how many places. It's been a really um, surreal experience, really, of like, I swear I've never seen that path before in my life. And it also shows me how closed I was, even though I thought it was open, that now, like, it, literally it's almost like portals. And a strong, that's a strong word, but, like, portals oh, are opening where I get to walk into and experience life in a different way. And so as much as this has been a painful for many people, and I don't want to discount the pain that people have gone through because it is very much real, It has been a tremendous blessing for me this time. And what I've realized is how much that um, not only freedom in general, financial freedom is important to me, but lifestyle freedom is equally as important. And so it's allowing me to look at where am I? I think the the people that are going to survive all this are the people that are going to be able to pivot and, and look at like what was my normal wasn't normal how can I create a new normal? And I know people talk about that, but for me, it's like, how can I pivot what I was already doing and then make it even better? But then also not just better for everybody else, but how can I actually make my life better too? Cause it is filling like, and the more I can fill my cup, then I can really show up for others. And, and it's not selfish Holly to do that. Like, it is necessary for you to both have financial freedom and lifestyle freedom because then you're going to show up as your best self. Right. You're going to show up balanced. You're going to show up with the supernatural energy that people truly need. 
I don't need to where it's that work super hard and and work and work super smart. Yeah, you can do both. You can work and slave, but that's not what I'm being called to do. I'm being called to fill my cup so I can show up and whatever that looks like. And that this has been a gift. And I think that people that embrace that during this time frame, I hope more people do. Yeah. And I think people working from home are seeing it now. Mm. And it's whether they're going to embrace it or not. And I just hope more people embrace it because I think more people need this balanced life that they, this is a gift that they now have. And, and I just hope that that moves forward, that more people feel balanced instead of this such extreme one way or the other. So, um, that, <laughs> I guess that's my big, <sighs> I wish that everybody could feel the supernatural energy that I've been feeling that's my wish for people that they can heal that they can experience this because it's for everybody it's not just i'm some special person that god was just like i'm gonna give that to her no so this I is say too, I say, this, this is, is available everybody. to everyone yeah oh, i'm getting cold chills like i want people to know that like this is not just those special few that you see in the news and they're like yeah those rich people they've got that or this or whatever that looks like like this is for anybody that wants to take it mm-hmm. And that, that gift is there. I guess you just have to ask yourself, is it worth it? Yeah. Because you got to change. It's uncomfortable. It's going to take some work. Yeah, but it's worth it. Yeah. So those are my probably final words on that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I love that. That was uh, great. That's, uh, sometimes I ask people for a, if you have a concluder and you gave one. Uh, a a great one because i think that's what we do and i think that's the vehicle for like this and the other things of like the showing up at the event where the girl saw you and decided to make a change you know uh god did something in my life that is beyond understanding yes um i would be spitting in the face of that power if I was not to pick it up and show it to everyone. Absolutely. Uh, that's another mankind concept thing is to don't hide your gold. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. we were given it to show it to other people. So yeah, you can be humble, mm-hmm. but you also, you, you don't hide this yes. uh, because it is available to these mm-hmm. other people too. Yes. And uh, and I try to say that over and over. This is not me. And this is available to you, too. All you got to do, the power to change your life is within your reach. But you have to do some reaching. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And I hope more people do. And uh, there's a little bit of, you know, I have some feelings like these things like you're doing and like TSSR and these things like I alluded to a minute ago. They're here for the people because uh, like right now, this sea change that's happening in our world Folks are looking for tools. Yeah. And and we got some for you. Yes, we do. <laughs> yes, we do. And I do, as you plug into this, don't you see there's a web like, oh, as yes. you're networking? Oh, absolutely. You're realizing that like, it's almost like there's this, because uh, you know, if you focus on the bad, you can also, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, I hate to use those, but if you focus over there in this Yes. Energy field. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of that too. Yes. But I had to not look. If I put my focus over here, I see this. Oh, yeah. Uh, gathering of mm-hmm. souls that have Connecting. something going on that that is. Uh, I think the world's going to need it. I think the world does need it. And I think we're being prepped for uh, being in a position to uh, 
be in a position to, to hand it off and give it to people. Yes. And I'll tell you, God's brought, I've always had this fear of like money and um, that I have to pay for mentors and, and how, how can I invest in all these people that I, I want to learn from. And just in this, this shift, I've had, I can't tell you how many people like a business coach that's reached out to me and said, I see what you're doing. I want to invest in you. Mm. Uh, marketing people that are like, I want to invest in you. I don't want anything from you. I believe in what you're doing. Very and cool, so yeah. that people energy that. shift, it's like, <gasps> and I'm now in a place of accepting help, which I wouldn't have done before. Yeah, I was the helper, way. not people helping me. And I've had that shift. And so they, because they're part of that web, they're part of those people that are like, this is the skill God's given me. I see what you're doing. I'm going to pour into you. And it all connects us. Right. But we have to be open to that connection too, you know, and, and be willing to accept that help as well. So as much as we're helpers, <laughs> yeah, we also have to be willing to accept that help. And that yeah. is humbling as well. Yeah. Yep, and that power uh, grows through that network. You, I feel it. Mm-hmm. I We're feel not meant to be alone. Wrong. Yeah. In that way. Yeah. You know, we are connecting, and that me being at this table with you and doing this, this is another connection that somebody is going to listen to this podcast somewhere when when we don't know that needed to hear it for whatever reason and. Yep. You know, I welcome that. I love that. Please be a part of whatever nugget you got that then gets you to that next rabbit hole that you jump through, whether it is anything to do with Solid It Challenge or anything that we talked about, but it gets you to that next hole that you get to jump down to then get another layer of your peeling of the onion, a layer right. of healing that now impacts. And it's, uh, I love this work for me for children. I want to help break generational curses i want to help break toxic cycles so if i can help you the person the adult heal just be a a part of that healing journey whatever the piece that is a little nugget but but then that helps you break that cycle for your children because the best thing we can do for our children is to heal (laughs) for me i feel like that um that is what changed the world you know it's a good thing that some dude some 45 year old dude got healed yeah but the bigger thing is, is that, that 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 ripple effect of going back and my children don't have to go through yes. and, by, and, you know, and like you said, to break that cycle. That's where the real true change yeah. happens. And we have to do that for our children because right now they're in a broken world. Yep. And if you can't do it for yourself, do it for your children or your children's children or what that looks like. But or the children in your neighborhood, because it's a broken world. And just us doing our own healing work really will make a big difference in that ripple effect overall. Yep. Yep. That's the way, uh, that's to me, in my opinion, that's the way the real change mm-hmm. will occur. Mm-hmm. No. That's exciting. Yeah, it is exciting. <laughs> yeah. Well, I always wrap this thing up with two statements and I got them, you know, everything I get, I get from somebody else. I didn't invent anything. Uh, one of the things is, is I tell people that, uh, if, and, and I say, if you're not enjoying your own recovery, it's your own damn fault. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, and if I could be, you can uh, substitute whatever word you want to in there for recovery. You know, a lot of people think of it as, uh, you know, like addiction. Well, I initially do that, but I still stand firmly that recovery is uh, to reclaim that which was lost or stolen. Frankly, it was my own very soul that was taken away from me or 
or I lost it at best. Uh, and to find that, to recover and discover who I really am and get back into alignment with my higher power and my own internal compass needle so that I'm moving forward on my true north. And, uh, and then I always thank everybody out there. Thank, uh, thank the universe. Thank God. Thank the people listening. Uh, for allowing uh, Holly and I to participate in our own recoveries this way tonight. Mm -hmm. So uh, with that, we'll close out. Peace out. Except for